1: roundabout season two presented by nissan is live now with new episodes rolling out every thursday listen and subscribe wherever you get
0: your podcasts
1: acast helps creators launch grow and monetize their podcasts everywhere acast.com what's one great way to get back running One medium hot coffee for $1. Now when you buy a breakfast sandwich at Dunkin', we'll throw in a medium hot coffee for $1 more. Bite into a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant and get a coffee for a single. Munch an egg and cheese on an English muffin and your cup of Joe is a buck. Go Beyond Meat with a Beyond Sausage Sandwich and for 100 pennies more, add a coffee to go with it. Buy your favorite sandwich and get a medium hot coffee for $1. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusions apply. Limited time offer.
2: Yes, we've got him. It's the main man, life of the London tavern. Andy Halliday,
0: thanks for coming on, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having us. How you doing? All right. Same as everybody, mate. Toiling, but uh, it's not been great for my bank balance this, this lockdown. But it's been brilliant for my balance. I'm flying. <laughs> I was <laughs> going
2: to say, mate. Then open the windy because if it's a strong wind, that'll blow.
0: I'm <laughs> not This is glued on, mate. Trust me.
2: Oh, I need to tell everyone that's watching this. Easily the staunchest email address I've
0: ever been sent, man. Anyone that uh, knows Andy Halliday's a Rangers fan, what's your email address? Andy underscore Halliday underscore RFC. There was two types of people that went to my school. You had your football team and your email address, so you had something about the post on it. <laughs> but I, I took the football team note, and I've just never changed it. See, you to, see when you're going to like Reese and All Saints and all that, and like, you they're taking your clothes. They're, they're scanning it through and they ask you for your email address. I'm just I've no got one. <laughs> have you ever got more of that And you've had to get your email address? <laughs> they, they, they ask you for the email address all the time, but honestly, I've not got a brass neck to tell them.
2: Well, I did want to ask you to I'll He says, who is a bigger Rangers fan, you
0: or Jimmy Bell? Oh, Jimmy, mate. Jimmy's, Jimmy's hardcore. Jimmy, like, no matter, no matter who the signing is, no matter who comes into the football club, Jimmy is on you for day one. But obviously, it's, it's difficult because all the foreign players just kind of get it, mate. Like, Scottish sarcasm. Foreign players kind of click to that straight away. So he's just going to just bam them up for day one and they just straight away. I think this guy hates me for no reason. <laughs> but, ah, uh, he's unreal. 50, 50 years at the club, mate. It's ridiculous.
2: So when you signed, like, he obviously knew you were in just time. Was it a big hug? And was it
0: no. Like- no, it was on yeah. me straight away as well. No matter what it was. See if you're asking for, like, a pair of gloves or something like that, or a hat or a snood straight away it's Arthur Newman didn't ask for a pair of gloves was, <laughs> can't live up to everybody he's worked under mate, from the get go amazing uh, on the rock and roll now mate as well on the duel have you collected your gyro yet? no but I'm going to need to soon mate it's, <laughs> it's hard work yeah. I, I, can, I can imagine how like, he's all about the same but he's just boring now isn't it yeah. I could handle it for the first six weeks it was a nice wee change but no just choking to get crack and get back to football
2: yeah, you, you keep fit. I speaking to you before. I've been doing the ten k's, but you can't do them.
0: No, no, I'm not. I'm not a, a one pace runner type guy, mate. See, like high intensity, like sprints and stuff like that. Something that lasts ten seconds that will keep my that will keep my attention. But I was, I was telling you, but when I do five k's, I listen to your podcast, so I get bored after ten fifteen minutes. <laughs> so that's why if you look at any of my five k things, mate, they're through the roof. Who <laughs> yeah, was not that? Not you not. To Russell Anderson. Oh, there's been a few, mate. Like, who was the recent one? <laughs> uh, who did you do recently that was, what? that was listening? There's been some, That see to be fair, there's been some brilliant ones that I've listened to during that. Who are, well, either, uh, League One was? The one you did recently with just you, Slaney, and Kevin Cowell, and he told, uh, he told the Stephen Cragen story. I think I actually had to stop mid-5K, because right? I was laughing that hard. It was brilliant. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> tremendous. Right, here we go. we we'll start on the football, mate, right?
2: As you said, Rangers fan growing up, came through the academy as well. So even back then, as a kid, was that a huge deal for your family? You getting at the Rangers academy?
0: Aye, it was. Me to be fair, uh, I, I, so I played for I played for a boys' club down at my my local bit called Park Villa, and we played at um, we played at Elder Park in Govan, and I played there for like, let's as young as about six year old up until about ten, eleven, twelve, and then. Uh, Basically, it was it was a sort of friend a friend that got me into Rangers. So, my mum's, one of my mum's best pals, Amanda, her husband was a coach at Rangers called, uh, called Drew Todd. Drew and Drew. And Drew Todd what a character, man! How good is he, though? How uh-huh. good is he, the coach? Tremendous. KNVB. You've hey, v- technical, technical stuff, aren't you? K- exa- that's how I get at least, mate, a few years the nine. mate, was all the Holland stuff. But honestly, absolutely loved him. One of my favourite ever coaches, even even to now. She got many Rangers, and obviously it was a big deal for all my family. And that, like, regardless, she just even seeing your Rangers pro youth obviously meant something. But it was going back into school, mate. You've got that swagger, but obviously being a Rangers player now, so uh, I was amazing. First first three four years that I was there, couldn't have went any better. Did you come to anyone that would know? Anyone that went on and, and made it big? Uh, well, in my age group. Uh, there was Danny Wilson, uh, Nicky Clark. Do you remember the triplets that played for Livy? The uh, Jays- I had, to, I had hopeless. Jays- I had Kyle, Devon, Sheldon, the three of them were on the team. Uh, John Fleck was in our age group, I know, but he had a Tash at 12, so he was playing for the under 18s. Uh, <laughs> he was
2: a Bill, man. He played against me,
0: and he was like five years younger. Mate, do you know what? Flecky was unbelievable. Like, for like 12 year old, he was just ridiculous. He was. Quicker, faster, stronger than everyone. So he he, he, play, he always played above the age group because he was just too good, basically. But uh, one of the ones that sort of just made it was was Danny Wilson, really, and obviously Nicky Clark ended up playing for Rangers as well. Uh, how come you got released then? 14, it was. Who was the mido that released you? Uh, Stevie Wright. Never forgave him. He actually he had the cheek to come back as a youth coach at Rangers two years ago. So uh, I was floating about the indoor hall every day just trying to look for him. But uh, no, in all seriousness, the start of my Sutter Rangers pro-youth career went pretty well. Uh, and actually, again, being a, fa- a favourite of his due to, I'd end up getting the, the, the year above coaching job. And it took me, Flecky, Danny, uh, and Ross Perry with him. So we went to Holland with the year above. And it, it was all good at that point. Flying, doing well. Uh, it, both age groups were doing well as well. And then I got Osgood-Slaughter's disease in my knees. Anyone that doesn't know what that is, it's growing pains. So yeah. I missed about... I think it was just eight, between 18 and 21 for football and uh, at that point, at the start of that season, Stevie Wright came in. My contract, obviously, the, the Y-form, whatever it was at the time, was run up at the end of the season. So to be honest, it never really came as much surprise at the time that I got released because my development didn't go as obviously the way I wanted to, especially with that injury, and <clears> yeah, I got released at the end of the season. But I remember being absolutely devastated. That's properly. what I was
2: going to say, mate. See, for any kids that's watching this that have been released for their boyhood club, Like, what, 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 what was going through your head at that time?
0: Mate, do you know what? I remember it was obviously my mum and dad that had to tell me because they were in the office. I wasn't there in the office. And I was just in the back seat of the motor just greeting. I just remember just crying in the back seat. And I honestly, like, I th- I, didn't th- I don't think I played football. I never played football for a team for, I think it was at least six months. Like, I, ch- I chucked it for a long period of time. And I literally just played football with my mates, just uh, just back of the school, any, any grass pitch or anything. I never played for an actual football club for a long time.
1: Wow,
2: and we spoke to your mum and dad, They said it was the exact same last month as well, Just in the back of the motor, they had to tell
0: back you Back in the motor, in tears <laughs> greeting me, couldn't believe it, and that's it, chucked it, chucked it from lockdown <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Open goal, get a start my loving gun mate, let me know
2: <laughs> Imagine you and me slaying in the middle of the pitch man, two of the hardest <laughs> boys ever
0: <laughs> It'd be tremendous, uh, two great man?
2: How'd the gender put, love you then mate
0: so again, I, I I just get signed up for pals, mate, because what actually wants me. Uh, I chucked it, I chucked it for about six, seven months, and uh, again, it was a family friend. It was he was actually brought up in uh, Copman Road as well, Scott Allison. I don't know if you know Scott. I know but Scott.
2: He's
0: at thistle now, isn't he? Good guy. He was a he was a youth coach at Livy at the time, so he was just he, he was doing his best to get me at Livy. But at that point, I honestly mate, I had no interest. Like, I I wasn't really bothered about getting back. See, but I thought it like. I don't know what it was like at Celtic at the time either, but see your youth up at Rangers. I just thought it was so regimental, mate. These kids, I felt as if like, the fun was sort of took out the game, like, and, and all the stuff that you love doing when you're playing with your pals at the, at the school or at the back of like it like it's just a love enjoyment of football and just a laugh and a joke. I thought, of course, it needs to be a bit serious because it's a professional setup. But I just thought it was far too regimental, and I, I just thought I don't want to get into that again. I just want to enjoy my football. But he, he. he Thankfully, obviously, he encouraged me to get back into it, and uh, I think I just initially went into a for a period of time, and, and we used to have like a we used to have a mini bus. It used to go for Glasgow Green every Tuesday, Thursday. Thankfully, he, like I said, he managed to get me to go along with it. And the rest was history. End up uh, signing for Levy after that. See when you see, when you were at Levy, was your thoughts "I'm going to prove Rangers wrong," or was
2: it just a bit back enjoying it again?
0: No, really, mate. I I think I was just too young. To, uh, like that. I had that sort of attitude. It was just sort of getting back into football and uh, just just trying to make it as a football player. Because to be honest, like, it was never because I thought I was too good. But even for when I was in school, I just always thought I'd, I'd be a football player. It was just because my sole mindset was I, I I never thought about anything else. So I just always thought I was going to. And thankfully, because if, if I didn't, I don't know what I'd do, to be honest. so. you so think that
2: mindset
0: that's got you where you are, Andy? Nah, I, I, I don't, well, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so generally, how did you? What did you think when you were younger? Did you just think I'm going to be a footballer?
2: Nah, mate. See, I never had that. Eh, I was made up for a, like and a carry on than yeah, like, being it. a football player. Eh? So that's, yeah, I, I just, think that's why I've not went and done it. mate. I never really had ever had that mentality.
0: So I just always thought like I, I'm going to be a footballer. That's all I want to be. So that's just what I want to do, and, and just thankfully, obviously, I got that got that chance to do so. But. You know, looking back as well, getting released these for Rangers was the best thing that happened to me, mate Yeah. Ah, hundred percent, because you, you even look, look how difficult it's to break through as a youth player at like Rangers and Celtic. And I wasn't by any means the best player in that age group, no chance. So it'd been very difficult for me to kick on and uh, and break into any any Rangers first team at that period of time. Whereas Levy obviously had a history of, uh, you know, breaking through youth players. There's been a, a number, one, especially at that sort of period of time that I signed and
2: then Snodgrass,
0: Dorans, McPake at the
2: time, uh, big characters
0: there, how was the dressing room? Oh mate, do you know what, amazing, probably to this day still the best dressing room that I've ever played under. it was just, just constant car- I again mate, it's, it's not to say that these boys weren't professional, because they were, and the club was professional, but it's, it was just different, it was just everybody was just for a carry on, just loving what they were doing, it was just all just in a laugh and a joke, and, the difference is if you win a game of football for you are all out you're all out on a Saturday you're out on a Tuesday mate we were out in Carbon Saturday Tuesday every week hands gone every week for three years or whatever it was whereas if you win at Rangers or you win at Celtic you're not allowed it you know what I mean you're in your, I've been a hermit for the last five years like you said like tremendous characters honestly and, and, and unbelievable football players like them we went on to have obviously very very good careers and uh, you know, some of the boys that were at the team at, at that period of time, if they kept a hold of them, that, that could have went on to be a, a, no, a really good team. Yeah.
2: And, uh, and Lee Griffiths was there as well. Put uh, some great stories on here. He is daft, isn't he? Was he
0: oh, like that? Daft, is, kid? A rush, daft is a brush, mate. <laughs> uh, like you, you mentioned, I just remember, I think it was my first game. Uh, sorry, it was my first, my first start. It was against Partick Thistle or something at Levy, And uh, I was on the bench and I was just buzzing to be involved. And straight away, Jazz has got get uh, a sparky with a throat at half time. Just pinned them up against the wall, and I was like, "This is what I'm getting into because this guy's so daft." But everyone, you know, everyone talks about obviously going on. It's been well publicised. He's, you know, he's like gambling problems and all that. But mate, that was a culture that live in, Honestly, every single player was like that. We used to, uh, sorry, Glasgow boys at that period of time. We used to go on a bus at uh, Buchanan State at, seven, at quarter past seven in the morning to get to training. So it was like me, Snoddy, Dons for younger boys, Bugsy, Davy Sinclair and all that. And generally, it was quarter past seven in the morning to get to the bus to Livy. You get the last bus for Almondville at half five and see once you get back into the city centre, mate, we were in the William Hills in Buchanan Street to about eight o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I, was, <laughs> I was on 65 quid a week, mate, and I'd be doing like 40 <laughs> quid poops in that. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> it's, Sorry, when you go, mate. You're talking about like, obviously, you know the character Snoddy is in that. Mate. I'm not like, we used to get back in the bookies and Snoddy used to play the wreck machines, like the slot the write machines. And it actually every note that he slipped into the machine, he'd be talking to the note before it went in. <laughs> so like he'd slide that 20 quid in, right? And he'd be doing it The sort of, ah, You have bammed me up the day, something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you you be, 8 and eleven better come in here. Or I'm gonna smash this bookies up. <laughs> and honestly, see if it didn't come in, he'd be lobbing his boots up against was. Like shooting at Dugs at the telly. Honestly, we'd just take over at Bookies, mate, for about three years.
2: I uh, for even the first team when I went to Potter Levy, three different managers, Landy, Hegarty, Davey Hay, and then admin- administration followed. James McPhate was telling us, but like if they're you younger, you were a bit younger than Jazzy for your perspective. How mad were they days?
0: Oh, crazy. So I um I was still in high school when I made my debut under Mark Proctor. So we oh, play? so
2: you were in high school when you made your debut? I was, I was
0: still Birds in high school. Right? buzzing, mate, were there? Birds buzzing. Oh, oh, tremendous, mate. Tremendous. <laughs> I'd never told them we get beat 5-2, though. <laughs> uh, we, we won 5-2 that game, honestly. I was, I was unbelievable, I know. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: no, so, basically, I get, I get took a week out of school and uh, Mark Proctor had brought me in with the first team to train. It was leading up to the last game of the season, I think. The, you know, the club had finished. I can't even remember what it was. Fourth or or whatever. And I'd been doing all right for the youth set so. They brought me into the team with the first team for a week. And uh, the Friday came, Matt Proctor told me I was in the squad. And I was just thinking, that's amazing, man. Just obviously part of the first team and, and get experience with what it's like. So I was on the bench, 3-0 down or whatever it was after half an hour. But we had a goal and goals. Like, basically, it was just a training goal at the, the time. So we had like, uh, I remember it was Colin Stewart was the number one. can't remember who the number two was, but uh, this guy was just in as a training goalie when he had to start this game, right? And honestly, it was hopeless, absolutely hopeless. And they uh, were 3-0 doing after half an hour. I think we brought one back 3-1, so it was like 5-1, 5-2, half an hour to go, and Mark Proctor's like, Andy had going on. And honestly, mate, I genuinely remember thinking, we're getting battered here. Like, you're getting getting battered
2: around, wait, do you think you are going on in
0: goals? Oh, <laughs> no, but, uh, mate, I could have went on anywhere and just done better than what he was doing at any position. Mate, honestly, Simon, I swear to God, he chucked his goalie gloves into the crowd after the game and there was a big circle just running away for these pair of goalie gloves. <laughs> like, nobody was touching them. <laughs> uh, I remember I went on for Doza with about half hour to go, and I remember just thinking how fast the pace of the game was. Honestly, I was miles off it. But then after the game, I was lucky. I've, I've made my debut at 16 year old, so obviously I was very lucky to do so. And, and Mark Proctor was, was telling me after the game how well I'd done that. And I was saying, you're lying. I was shocking. <laughs> uh, just the experience, they got a chance. But then when, like you say, when the Italians came in, we were under Roberto landing and that, I was, I was back down, mate. They, they'd signed up like 12, 13 Italian players. So I was, I was never near that. I was back down You set up again for for a year or so. But to be fair, it was to be expected. You know, the age I was, it was, it was, it was, it was where I was supposed to be.
2: And then, mate, it gets weirder. the You and Lee Griffiths get sent to Parma for a trial. Oh. I mean, is it too that Lee Griffiths thinks
0: that pot, a pot noodle is an Italian meal? I wouldn't be surprised, mate, to be honest with you. But I, honest, that, that experience, mate, scarred me for a, <laughs> a good period of time. Why? Did you put sun cream on his bald bit? Exactly, mate. It was roasting. So he's in factor 30 on his barnet all the time. And I, I just can't do there. So I'm talking about I see five years done now, and I was asking people to do the same. But, um... So it was me, Sparky, Joe McKee. But I think these I think the owners at Livy at the time, the Italian guys had shares in Parma or something like that. Uh, but I know I, I know at the time Sparky was getting linked by a, like you no know, good clubs down south and stuff like that. But they were like, no, we're sending, we're sending you, Andy, and Joe to Parma for, for a week or whatever it was. But mate, they all stayed in a dormitory, because we had just trained with the, the, the resis. Mm. They all stayed in this big building all the youth players. and they all stayed in like dormitories. And they had to go at a certain time for breakfast, then go to training, bust back, go for a certain time of dinner, and there was like no tellies, name nothing. Like, you literally just had to stay in your room. Oh, see, for the week, mate, it was horrible. But uh, I remember we played a bounce game, and genuinely, mate, me, Sparky and Joe were probably the best players. I remember, I think Sparky, Sparky ripped it up. I think he scored, he scored two or three goals or whatever it was. I think I scored one. And when we got back to Olivia the following week, they, they tried to sign the threes, but well, we're all just basically like that. Well, I know what I, I was just saying. Nah, like, I, I don't like saying I'd rather just stay here for a couple of years.
2: What was that? A wee garage that you could go get sweeties or was it just.
0: Mate, it, no, It was a garage where you could go get Parma Ham, but I'm 17. Who wants Parma Ham at 17? <laughs> I don't remember any sweeties. <laughs> uh, honestly, it was a weird set up, mate. So weird.
2: Tremendous. Right, then the club was sent to the third division, mate. Punishment for financial troubles. That worked out well for you then because obviously we're game time.
0: Aye, it did, mate. 100%. Um, you know, like it touched on some of the players that ended up leaving off the back of that because obviously very good players, at, uh, at, at even at Division 1 at that time. Lost a lot of players, so I, I, I was obviously a, I was a benefactor off that because it allowed me to get a lot of games. But obviously the, the, the team had been demoted down to Division 3, but at that time the appeals were gone through and we were being told that the appeal was going to be successful. So I was thinking we were still going to be in Division 1 the year after. But obviously it turns out it wasn't me. Anyway. Uh, get demoted Division 3 but like you said it was, it was it was a brilliant education for me and it was a good chance to, to play first team football at such a young age
2: mate I actually wanted to ask you because there's been a lot of things on Twitter recently about the Rangers and said like Colts going down to play in the third division and a lot of people have said they'll learn nothing but you disagree with that you
0: learn a lot oh, doing m- not you? you <laughs> get
2: some fantastic players in the lower leagues
0: tremendous players mate honestly it's built us in good stead anyway but I think it's it's the best thing the best possible thing that can happen to Old them. Uh Mate, see at Rangers and Celtic, it's difficult for them to send their young players out on loan because if you're sending a you know, a young technical football player for Rangers and Celtic to, with all due respect, I don't know if these teams play like this, but say like a forfer, they just launch it up front to a target man and pick off certain boys. you're not going to get the best out of these young players at Rangers and Celtic. Yeah. So why not pit these young players in the, in the league against these boys to try and develop and grow that way? And I know that obviously there's a lot of no bigger clubs in foreign leagues that did the exact same thing. So I, I think it's something that, that the old forum will be to get for the last few years and I think that'd be the you know the next big step for them, but we'll soon because it's all up in the other now, isn't it? Really? Right. How soon did you
2: start
0: getting you know, uh, interest with other clubs? Were you ripping it up? It was a uh, you know, mate, I was I you know what, I was just lucky that I was scoring goals. Because there's, there's goals get you routes, days, mate, didn't they? Uh, there's there's players that they really well in the lower leagues of Scotland, but they'll not get the publicity. But if you score goals and you're, you know you're in the paper every week, you've scored a goal or you scored two goals, it's in Sky Sports News or whatever. You're going to get you know you're going to get recognition that way. So uh, I used to tell them all the time if, if clubs are coming to watch me, I used to say don't tell me, I don't want to know. Because the, the, the last at the door, Lee Robertson would say, uh, Lee Robinson would say, oh, oh this team's coming to see you, today, this team's coming to see you, today. and I didn't want to know. Because I, I remember there was one day, I think that there was sort of two or three clubs that were the main clubs that are really focused on me, and I remember there was one day that they told me Gordon McQueen was coming to watch me for. He, he was a, a scout in Middlesbrough at the time so I remember hyping myself up and that he's like Is that right, I come to watch me I need to do well, mate I didn't start I got dropped and then I came on me half an hour to go and, and I, I was just trying too hard and I was rubbish so I was like, oh, they no coming back, no chance so I, I remember saying to her after, after a while, like, you need to stop telling me if people are coming uh, I think two weeks down the line I never knew at the time but he, he came back up to watch me again, and I think it was one of the games that i done really well. I think we came back through 2 0 doing 1 3 2. And I managed to score, get an assist, or whatever. So I think uh, you know, I was lucky he never told me that time. And did you speak to Wheatstratten, uh, Glockstratten? Um, he he's, he, he's one of the, I, I say he's probably the top 3 4 managers that I've ever worked under, mate, honestly. Oh, yeah, any? But I touched on it earlier, mate. She's Scottish Sarcasm and Scottish Parter. They couldn't take taken it not they, mate. They, they yeah. honestly just couldn't have take it at all. Whereas I'd be sitting, my shoulders would be going I'd be giggling at stuff he's saying. But people think it's dead serious. Yeah. And he just couldn't take it for black or white. But no, he was brought mate, his training was so enjoyable. And see, to be fair, the amount of faith he put on me as like, an eighteen year old boy coming for League Two in Scotland. Cause uh, I see, I was I was I was plagued by a lot of injuries that first year at Middlesbrough, but he showed he showed a lot of faith in me any time I was fit. And uh I think one of his downfalls is I'm at of faith he's a lot of Scottish boys at the time but it was, uh, I, I loved working under him I thought he was a brilliant coach brilliant manager and uh, you know my, especially the start of my, my Middlesbrough, uh, Middlesbrough career could have been it could have been very different if he stayed.
2: Were you on, uh, ever on the other end of Did you ever get slaughtered
0: for him? No no but I've seen people that have been under the end mate I sh- he gave a youth player a hundred quid because he was that bad in training one day mate We've we've all heard we've all heard the shout like oh, were you out last night? Like, were you out last night? So the Strattons gave that one to this young boy. He was training with the first team. Can I remember? Kyle? Is that like, Kyle? Were you out last night? Kyle was like, no. He's like, well, you know, right? Come see me after training. So Kyle's came back into the change room, mate. Like hundred quid, no, son. And I was like, what's that? Is that, mate? He told me he was like, were you out last night? I was like, no. He's like, right. Here's hundred quid. You're going out tonight because you can't be as bad as you were today. day he actually gave my a hundred quid to go out and train better the next day that's amazing is <laughs> oh, that. oh brilliant but that's just what he was mate he was like but he was he was so serious but if there was time for well, a laugh and a joke to break the ice or whatever or, or to pick up spirits he, he knew when to hit it uh, I spoke to Kevin Thompson today mate he did say that you were absolutely flying when you first went down at Middlesbrough aye uh, the first piece honestly mate it was like you, can, you, can't, you can't regret injuries, it's just one of the things in uh, my first year at uh, Middlesbrough, like I said, just played with too many injuries, but I, I think the biggest sort of uh, sign of faith that he showed me was 18 year old, grade two injury, uh, obviously missed the first six weeks of the season with a groin. I came back mate, and trained on the Thursday and we were playing Sheffield United on Sky on the Saturday at 12 o'clock kickoff on Sky. He trained one day, Thursday, Friday. Trained, popped me into the office the next day. Told me I was starting on the Saturday. Honestly, couldn't believe it because wow. at that time, mate, we had some top, top class players, you know, real good professionals, good players. And an eighteen-year-old mate had trained two days and he popped me in, told me I was to, I was starting the game. So couldn't believe it. And uh, I think I was in that, you know, I was in the team for a good period of time for the certainly the start of his career. But I, again, towards the end of his tenure, I've I done my groin again. I think I missed an six to sixty-eight weeks. And I see you're now growing Gary Pendry's moustache. Aye, Gaz Pendry, mate. The only guy I've ever seen that used to do sprints in the warm up but full sprints. Wait, what, the 15, 15 13, a lot, do you do it on a Monday morning? Aye, aye, aye. Ridiculous. And then you do the box ones. I had the, the, the box mans at all. Unbelievable, mate. Yeah, see yeah. if you'd had a drink, because they were T Total. Well, he wasn't, but Straco was tea Total. But if, you, if you'd had a drink this Sunday, mate, and you came in to do the runs, no chance. Uh-huh.
2: Uh, as you said, a lot of Scottish boys, mate: McManus, Kevin Thompson, Barry Robson, Kiz Scott McDonald, Willow Flood. uh, Who did you get on with, oh, they, that Who was your, who was your kind of pal? Uh,
0: honestly, all of them, mate. Like Boydie and Tomo. Tomo, brilliant, mate. Honestly, top man. Obviously, still a still a Rangers coach at uh, a youth coach at Rangers, now, and still kept in touch with him basically every day. But Tomo was brilliant for me. He proper took me under his wing. Boydie was one that me and Boydie would still go back to Glasgow twice a week. So boy, these wee golf are 32 the Divers back every Tuesday and every Saturday. But even like Mick, Scotty, Mike, Rob, and that, they were all class with me, mate, genuinely. Uh, there was never much of a, you know, I, I'm young, at like, obviously, being a Rangers fan, I'm like, are you going to get on and all that? But it was never like that, mate. There was never much of a divide, we but everybody was just, we just all coming up for the Scottish Eagles. They were all best pals. And I'm like, that's weird. I thought they be, you know, battling each other on that. But uh, they were all dead close. And, even like you said the boys who came up for Celtic they were all brilliant I mean still keep in touch with some of them as well
2: How did they, How did Strachan take to you wearing jeans and a Rangers top into training every day?
0: <laughs> <laughs> he took it alright but Big Mick didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> the rest of it I, Strachan was alright with that but I mean, mate I, I think it was something like 12 players or something like that for the SPL they'd signed Was Actually, there too it was many the boys Scottish boys? In. Was there too many Scottish boys yet? Aye there was mate there was it was you Imagine playing for you know, you, you imagine in a the new and you know, a, a, a manager for a team in England came down and just signed 12 years old club at England, just brought them up. It's not going to work, is it? No. And uh, like I said, see, to be fair, there was a lot of English boys as well, it just, it just never took to the manager, mate. It just never took to his wit, his humour. To be fair, it was just different for him. One guy I wanted to ask you about, I don't know if you played one, but I remember Tom will tell us about him, or Oh, Meadow, mate. By the way, legend, like proper, proper nice guy. He came back to pre season one, so this was my first pre season at Middlesbrough. He came back 109 kilo. <laughs> 109 kilo. It's impossible. So we used to, did, were you wasted? Were you at Celtic at the time Stratton was there? Uh-huh. Hardest pre season I've ever done oh, with Stratton's. But you know how fit it? My first run under Middlesbrough was a fat leg run, and he was, at am at Waze. He was about fifty-six at the time he done it with a full squad and he was middle of the pack. And I remember being 18 thinking, I need to beat the manager, I need to stay with the manager, there's no way I can be behind him. But his middle would be miles behind, no care, no honestly, no no whatsoever. So we would do like a it was just a literally a twelve minute run and it was just laps at a one pitch. And I think it was Straco and, and Gaz Pending and Big Gaz Matt would be in the middle just counting your laps. And Honestly, goalies would just be laughing me, So they, they put them in fat club and everything, but he just didn't care. But he, he arranged a meeting with the chairman one day. I remember him telling me this. He, he arranged a meeting with the chairman one day, and I said, like, what are you saying? He was like, I just, I just told him I want to buy the club. I want to buy the club. Because I think his dad or his uncle or something was like a prince back in Egypt, you know, like mega rich. And they were, they were proper messing in my book." So his reaction was, I'm buying this club. And sack and And sack and <laughs> Like, right, I'm buying the club. And the first thing we're going to do is get rid of the match <laughs> Like man of my guys.
2: Wait, uh, how, did he, how did he end up so heavy? Like, would he eat a lot in, at lunch and there
0: I can't really remember, mate. No, but he it was one of the guys that just had that build, though. That yeah. you always thought. One of the guys that see when you go away for the summer or when he finishes career, you're just think he's going to be massive. <laughs> mate, take Alfredo. Alfredo. You look at Alfredo Morelos and you think, when he finishes career, he's going to be huge. <laughs> Just one of their builds, just stocky as anything.
2: Tremendous. Uh And then,
0: mate, Tony Mowbray came in. How did you find Tony
2: Mowbray? I was a young boy when he came in to say, like probably someone ages of you at Middlesbrough. thought he was just quite hard to connect to, man. Did you feel that as well?
0: I thought he was good, mate, in terms of his style of play, his philosophy was good, his hmm. football was good, the training and everything was good. I just felt as if he was too soft on people, mate, and he was too soft on players. And see, to be honest, it's... Sometimes players, players can take advantage of that. As he's a young boy, if you say players take advantage of a manager being overly nice, you, you can't really get the same respect from him. It's like somebody that's just like They've got that. They just demand that respect. If if you're mucking them about, he'll just shut you down. That's it. Yeah. And I just felt as if he, he hung his hat on a lot of players that just weren't doing it for him at the time. And if he had anything to say to them, they would just answer him back, mate. And it was just... I just didn't feel as if he demanded that respect the way Stratton did at the time. But uh, in terms of his, his you know, he's style of play, his philosophy, and that mate, I thought he was a good manager. I thought he'd done well for Middlesbrough at the time. he was definitely progress. there when he came in, but, uh, yeah. I, I was basic. I was basically back in the resis mate when he first came in because obviously went for that Stacking thing. When I was always involved with the first team and doing well, but so I, again done my groin. I think I missed six, eight weeks or something. And for the first sort of two, three weeks of, of August time, I was injured. And then when they came back, I was in the reses, mate, for a good two, or three months. So I had to just try and work my way back up, which which was fine. And I uh, started to do all right again at the, uh, at the reserve level and, and got the chance. And I was sort of involved again with the first team, uh, with Morgan. And started, that's when I started sort of changing positions again. I was always a tricky winger, mate. I know it's hard to believe. It was under Mowbray, was sort of the first manager, where I started changing positions, really. I want quality. used to say that all the time, didn't he? Through the lines. Through the li- You've got to look through the lines. Get up,
2: eyebrows up through the lines. You would do that <laughs> one. Too. Right, mate. Tony. Mo- some managers can do some bad things to you, but Tony Mowbray done one of the worst things ever. He sent you on loan to Walsall.
0: A oh, horrible place, mate.
2: mate. I used to hate <laughs> playing at Walsall, man.
0: Hated nah, I hated it. Oh sure did I and I was playing for them. <laughs> uh, Why Walsall? See, to be fair, mate, it was actually my doing. It was actually my fault. So this uh, another family friend? This isn't another family friend. No, it's time. not a family friend. Mate. I have not get any family friends involved. So, <laughs> 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 uh, So basically, again, you know, I had that stunt at left-back. George Friend came back. Uh, he's back in the team. I'm back the bench. And it was, again, just unused sub. And I've got that taste, mate. I've got that flavour of being in the first team and playing all the time. And I'm like, I, c- I can't do this anymore. And see, to be fair, mate, throughout my career, if I was never playing, I'd always like to go and play. So, uh, but I'd always been involved. I was on the bench, and I was oh, I was proper championing a bit at uh, at Mulberry. Just I, I want to go on loan. I want to go and play. I want to go and play. But he's like, you're on the bench. Like, there's an injury possibility there, and you're back in the team. I said, I know, but just I think it was in like November or something. I went on loan. I said, I just let me go to January and play, and then when I come back, like, if if it changes, I'll stay. So I, he eventually let me go on an emergency loan to to, to Walsall for. For a month or two or whatever it was, and it never worked, mate. Never done well. Uh, is it Dean Smith? I Dean Smith, who was brilliant by the way, really good manager, like was doing really well. But it, uh, whatever it was, if it was my own being or whatever, it just never really worked. But the biggest issue was for me is while I was on the bench, I was keeping the boy Adam Reach, who's a, he's at Chef now. He was always sort of in the stands while I was on the bench. And then at the time I went out on loan. He's been in. He's been in and flying, absolutely done so well. And and to, to be fair, his career's proper kicked on because he's always sort of done well since. And when I came back, he was the one that was keeping me. Out. So it was a disaster. The spell proper didn't work out for me, but uh, thankfully the next couple did it anyway.
2: Oh, you must have went through six to midnight when you heard Barry Ferguson wanted to send you. Uh,
0: honestly, mate, like and. It's, embar- it's embarrassing, it is embarrassing, because you're a professional football player, mate, we've all got egos, you know what I mean? You, that doesn't bother me, that doesn't bother me, stuff like that. But see, meeting for the first time, I was proper starstruck, to be fair. and uh, My first game was a Friday night game against Doncaster. Was it Doncaster? I yeah, Doncaster, Friday night game. And I signed on the Thursday night. So, at the stadium, Blackpool Stadium, as you know, that hotel's joined on, which is where quite a lot of the players stayed. That's where he stayed, Bob and, and Malky at the time. So I literally just went for dinner with him. It was me and David Goodwill, they signed on the same day. Me and him went for dinner with him in the hotel on the Thursday night, signed and played the game the next day. I just remember, mate, they would just sit with a bottle of red wine every single night in that hotel, just drinking all the time. Like, (laughs) ridiculous. And I made my debut the next day against Doncaster and and came on and scored. We ended up drawing one each, so...
2: Would you send Pepper on the Rangers
0: questions? No, I wouldn't, mate. I would never be that busy. I'd maybe Pepper Bob and maybe ask Bob a thing or two. But it was one of them, mate, they're Rangers daft on so us, they would always talk about it and you would just get involved. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, uh, mate, I was t- see, one thing I would say about Blackpool was it, was it was a horrific dressing room, horrific. There was some proper, proper good lads there, like good guys. But you know the story, obviously, but the way that the owner was there and just mucked so many boys about. And we had a squad of like 30, 35 players. And obviously Ferdy had just went for a teammate to care, take a manager in a week. So you had a proper tough task going to keep the club up and it, the place was just an absolute shambles. But, uh, in terms of me, my six months there, honestly, it was one of the best six months of my career. I, I loved it because Fergie was Fergie a was Teta manager where, see if you've done well for him and you won, he was brilliant with you and you go days off. See if you won on the Saturday, Sunday, Monday half. Mm-hmm. So Blackpool was tours for Glasgow. I'd moved away from home. I'd moved away from home at 18. So see, at that point, I was missing home all the time. I was missing my family, missing my pals. So see if we wanted to go to the days off, mate, it was like me, big Gaz McKenzie. Oh, cut, what a guy, Gaz McKenzie. Uh, one of the best. Cut Broadfoot, David Goodwillie, four days straight up to Glasgow. We were like, we, we were like, we were inseparable, mate, at Blackpool, man. We were out all the time together, eating together, back to Glasgow together. So like I said, any sort of days after, whatever we got, we were straight back to Glasgow.
2: Is it true that uh, Bob Malcolm had the same diet plan as me,
0: though? Oh my God. <laughs> two rolls and two rolls and square sausage, mate. Every breakfast, <laughs> but, <laughs> mate. Bob, brilliant, but he's just a crackpot, mate. Do you <laughs> remember the game? Do you remember the game on Sky? We played Burnley and him, and Stephen, Dob- him and Stephen Dobie were fighting on the bench. Uh, what happened after the game? Talk us through that. Well, so see, basically, what happened? What happened after the game? Didn't end up? Bob and uh, Stephen Doby? ended up Fergate and Jello, Matt jokes, right? So obviously, that right, after the game. And it, it, again, it was a sort of shambles leading down for the chairman and it just spread, mate, it was just like a virus, mate, just spread throughout the place all the time. So uh, Burnley was sort of the local rivals at the time and they had won the game 1-0 and it, it led to them getting promoted to the Premier League. So we were back in the dressing room, typical angry Ferdy, mate, like punching you know, whiteboards or whatever. So I think Jillo, who obviously they were, I think they were closest teammates before uh, Ferdy ended up taking caretaker. I think Jello chopped chucked up and he was saying, what do you mean? You said, I'll fight my players on the side of the pitch. It's an absolute shambles. But see Fergie, mate, see if you talk back to him, and he's just going to lose it 10 times worse. Tracking, see him with gripping his teeth, crunching his fist and stuff like that. So Jeffy's like, that. like that. the training's a shambles, the training's shite. So Fergie's just building his sell up, sell up, up, and then Fergie just goes, you're shite, <laughs> you're shite. So Jibbley stands up, he's like, tell me I'm shite. Tell me I'm shite, so it's just him saying to Ferdy, tell me I'm shite. And Ferdy <laughs> said to Jello, you're shite for about 10 minutes. It, oh, was it was mental. It just a, one big argument of who's shite and who's no. <laughs> uh, it was frightening, <laughs> mate, mental. Can you crack Ferdy, yeah? Oh, big mate. His temperament's like nothing I've ever seen before. It would take the simplest thing for him just to lose it. But see, it was just the way he was as a player, so competitive. Just a no matter what it is, just a winner. But mate, 35 year old, he was easily still the best player.
2: Right, loan at Bradford, standout moment, scoring and beating Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea were a
0: top team then as well, weren't they? Uh, so Matt, I had I was on loan for I think it was like sort of two, three months prior to that. Malone uh, my loan was up in the January transfer window. And Macaria was done at Middlesbrough. I was I was out of contact at the end of the season. I was never gonna get a new one, I was never gonna play. So I remember I was just begging for them just to let me go. Just I think it was pay me up a certain amount a month of the contract and keep the rest, and then just let me go to Bradford for the six months because there was something the day where they couldn't let a certain amount of loan players go, or uh, Bradford had a certain amount of loan players already, in. there was like some sort of stimulus there. And we had we had beat Millwall the round before, so the next game was Chelsea. So see the two weeks prior to that, when I'm back in Middlesbrough, they're playing Chelsea in two weeks. I need to get this. That I need to get this done. Did you start out in the No, I did, mate, to be yeah. fair, because I had such a good relationship with, with people at Middlesbrough. So it literally was just a case of them. me saying to them, like, we've got a good relationship, just let me go. He's only going to keep me. I, I, I'm not going to stay. And obviously, eventually doing it. But it was like late bells where that happened, mate. We played Chelsea on the Saturday, see the Sunday prior? You know, Nico's bar in Glasgow? Yeah. I was in Nico's in Savoy the Sunday before. <laughs> Six days before playing Chelsea, mate, I'm doing and Pints of Venom. Yes, love that but see if you go into Nico's mate there's a, a signed Drogba tap on the wall so there is Adam had said to me that week if you're playing that Chelsea game you need to get me Drogba's tap so I was like no worries if I play I'll get you Drogba's tap so I got Drogba's tap after that game and gave it to him a, a is that ago. you
2: that put that in Nico's bar the
0: Drogba tap I, 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 he just kept saying to me the month before you play playing this game get me Drogba's tap <laughs> So, eh, played in the game, obviously, and eventually got to all my stat. But I, I was in Savoy Sunday, six days before, thinking, this loan move's not going to get done. So, I'm back in Glasgow. I'm just living it up. And I think it was literally the Wednesday or the Thursday the loan move eventually got done. But like you said, mate, Chelsea were under Mourinho. They were unbeaten at home for like two years. They were Premier League champions, undefeated in 60-odd games at home or whatever it was, flying, going into the game. Well, we had a game plan in that, but we knew, realistically, we had no chance of beating them. We were on a good run ourselves, but they were just another level. And we went I think we went 2-0 down after something like 20, 25 minutes, mate. And it, honestly, I was thinking this was going to be 6 or 7. Because at that period in the game, we'd started well for the first five minutes. After they scored, it was all them. They scored again. We were just like, we're going to get battered here. But I don't know if you've watched any highlights or watched the game. But see, honestly, when see the second half, we absolutely dominated them. Like, wow. Outrageous, mate. Uh, I, even to this day, I don't know how, but uh, no, you're two now doing against Chelsea, Champions England, League One Bradford. They end up League One Wes, League One Bradford, and then <laughs> uh, eventually beat them four two, mate. It was, obviously it was it was mental.
2: How was it? Uh, how was Mourinho
0: after the game? Did he come into the dressing room or He did, aye, but I. But because I scored the third goal, I was doing honours oh, interviews. I was doing like talks what. So I I was trying to get people strips in that. Mate, I was desperate for Hazard strip. I was choking to get Hazard strip and then get dog buzz for, for Adam. But I was doing interviews. I was doing like talk spot and all that. So I missed all the celebrations in the changing room after the game. Mourinho supposedly came in. I think Fabregas was another one. I think Mourinho and Fabregas came in, shook everybody's hand, like said, well done in that. And uh, I missed all it, which is obviously fair play to them. But he gave it all the, the shaking hands. I don't know if you remember. It was like five minutes added on in the game. It was, it was 4-2, obviously he should go on a win, but he was shaking the manager's hand after 91st, ninety second minutes as if it was done. Bill <laughs> Parkinson was like, Not ah, know what I mean? So his, his, his eventually came in after the game, shook everyone's hand, which was class. Amazing. Did you just get a night out in London after it? No, mate, we didn't. he. Oh, we, we're got, we got to Chelsea, we have no chance of beating them. We're straight in the bus back to Bradford and then we'll go out in Bradford, but like we so said, we had an night out in Bradford and... I, that was another terrible night out, but you've got some laugh in it. By the way, Bradford's another massive club, mate. Aye, uh, mate. We were League One at the time, getting 17,000,
1: 18,000 at home. I like,
0: love playing their Valley Parade. Aye, no I no for the do. pitch, though. No for the pitch, no chance. And the dressing rooms are fucking tiny, innit? Uh, mate, you'd be arguing with somebody in the first half of the game. You go in at half-time for a pitch and you're sharing a toilet with the, the other players. <laughs> How can a home team and the away team share a, share a toilet? So you do. Share a toilet, mate. <laughs> mate i I'd be, you'd be having a joke, like a laughing a joke, mate. Like, be, like swindling or whatever at half time. It was so weird. But the pitch right. was shocking, mate. It was, it was abysmal. Is it is it true that you left Bradford because you were
2: Scottish and midfield and they wanted you to grow your hair like Sherma Go? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I was well gone receiving at that point, so I had no chance. <laughs> uh, Why did you leave it? Why did you leave Bradford? So, basically, the story was. It got to about the end of March, early April time. And my agent had told me that there was a Portuguese guy. If, if Rangers got promoted to the SPL, there was, a Portu- there was a Portuguese guy getting a job. I can't remember his name. I think he was manager like at Olympiakos or something like that at the time. But he was getting the Rangers job if they got to the SPL and he wanted to sign me. So my agent's told me this at like end of March, early April. So as you can imagine, mate, my full heed is like, there's a chance I could go to Rangers in the summer. So that's basically my sole focus going into the, the end of the season, trying to keep fit. Obviously, just keeping an eye on Rangers' results or whatever. So, when season season, if 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 we never had a game, there was quite a lot of times I would go back and I'd, I'd go to the Rangers' games with my pals or whatever. So, those season would finish. Those season finished and Rangers had, had played uh, Hibs at Easter Road in the playoffs. They'd already won the home game. I can't remember what the score was, but they'd won the home game going into the away game. And uh, I'm sitting in the stand thinking, mate, Rangers get promoted, I'm signing for Rangers, so it's done, the manager's told me, so beat, beat, beat Hibs, brilliant, Motherwell, they're going to beat Motherwell, they should beat Motherwell, that's it, they're getting to the SPL, get beat 4-1, so see the same sort of feeling, that I got, when I was obviously released, as a young boy, yeah. it's another missed opportunity, mate, to, to, to sign for Rangers, because like I said, I've been told, this guy gets the, the job, he's signing me, that's it, so Rangers don't go up, I'm back at square one again. I've already told Bradford that I'm not extending my contract. I'm not signing my contract. So it's it's square one, back talking to other clubs. And uh, thankfully, I think it was two, three weeks later, whatever it was, my agent had spoke to Mark Warburton. Matt Warburton gave me a phone call and, and gave me the opportunity to go in and, and go on trial, basically, it was for a couple of weeks. Oh, so it was a trial at first? It was a trial, mate, aye. So I had... a. Uh, I think it was, there was two clubs where I had a, a contract sitting waiting to sign and I was very, very close to signing for one of them. Mark Warburton phoned me and he's like, will told me to skip. Uh He's like, listen, would you be willing to come in and with us for two weeks? Mate, like I said, football players usually have the egos. See if somebody's telling you to come in trial when you've played 150 mm-hmm. first team games. I'm thinking, no nee chance. No nee chance am I coming in on trial. Especially when I've already got a contract offer sitting there at a different club. But, uh, it was always my team to play with Rangers, so I was always going to take that leap of faith. But, um, thankfully, I obviously I took that I took that chance of going and teaming them for a couple of weeks. be I always had the confidence in my belly that I would I would win them over, whatever, get a contract. But it was a it was a two week trial basically, and they offered me a contract within three days, and that was it. The rest was history and, and safe for Rangers.
2: See, on that trial, I've been on trial, mate. How ne- were you nervous every single day, especially because it was Rangers and you're oh. so desperate to get there.
0: So nervous, mate. So Everything nervous. you give the ball
2: where you think the manager thinks you're
0: straight, is Aye, exactly. And you're so focused on like every single pass you do, every single touch. It's like just, just, just pass it to somebody. Just get it right. Mm-hmm. And it's just you're basically just trying to do all the simple things right. Like say so you're in your head something rotten. But uh, I remember, like, see, just even going to try, on trial for the first day it was it's like going to school for the first day at school. That's exactly what it feels like. So I was just full of nerves in that, but like I say, I was confident in my ability, I could get one, but still horrible feeling.
2: What did your mum and dad say when they heard about the trial? I,
0: again, it was just. I, I've always been a type of person where mate, I don't like speaking about things, so, but it's more like a, a defence coping, like copingism. See, if I'm nervous for something or I'm hyped up about something, I don't want to talk about it, do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So when I was going on trial, it was just a case, I was, listen, I'm going on trial with for two weeks, I don't want to talk about it, what will be, will be. So it was just a case of that, but when I eventually told them that they are going to give me a contact, they were obviously buzzing, it was, uh, it was a proud moment for them as well, being you know, fans and season ticket holders for as long as they were.
2: Did you grow up right next to Rangers, uh, right next to Highbridge, was it Government?
0: I Copeman Rose, it was literally just off the back of one of the stands, it was brought up in a flat there, so my mum and dad lived in there. They've lived there for like 30, 40 years, so we've always been local to the stadium, So. They'd been brought up Rangers fans and also, it was, it was, uh, obviously it was a big day for me to sign for Rangers.
2: And your dad, would your dad take you every, every week as a kid?
0: I had a, season, so I had a season ticket with my mum, my wee brother had a season ticket with my dad. But for away games, my dad would take me, but I never had a ticket. And he would just sneak me under the turnstile, the old ones with the dad when they're going inside the ways. And I'd be just tucked, tucked up against the jacket. So uh, I remember I used to sneak into so many away games when I was younger. Uh, you used to get the odd steward that would say something to, to your dad. Oh,
1: oh, he's not got a ticket.
0: And that would that the, the full supporters bus would be on this steward back and end up with riots. But I remember sneaking into quite a lot of our way days back in the day. What's your uh, what's your best memory game as a kid gone? on. Uh, the Dunfermline one at Ibrook's obviously the last game of the season they won was big, but Helicopter prob- Helicopter Sundays probably was probably the biggest one so I was at that game at Easter Road at the time and obviously going into yeah, everybody's expecting Celtic to go and beat Motherwell and, and win the title so for that just being so surprising and unexpected I think that, that was probably one of the biggest but then up when they won the league in the sort of first seven minutes I was old enough to drink at that one so you that one it? was a bit a special because I, I had a couple of bottles of my dog did me at that time <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> that was probably that was probably the best one I actually think Tremendous.
2: it Dremendous Warburton uh, we, uh, even on the trial Andy we
0: impressed him because when we
2: interviewed him it's quite impressive when you speak to him he's like, speaking to other boys on the training grounds the same did you get that impression i him um, straight away?
0: Everyone's so quick to criticise what Warburton sort of never focused on but see what he focused on mate see his players it was an absolute joy to play in honestly like, just an absolute pleasure and see with all due respect to the Rangers team the year before like, they were a decent team in that but their style of play they never really had one do you know what I mean so for him to come in and in six weeks you know bring in I think it was 10-12 players and completely change the style of play that was more impressive than winning the league because the championship mate, well, we were expected to win that we had much bigger tire, uh, transfer budget wage budget than everyone else I, th- I thought it was more how much he changed the sort of ethos within the club and the style of playing such a such a short period of time and it, obviously we were all looking for progress and I think he certainly done that but as a player Playing in that, mate, was, was unreal. Because you could go into any sort of high-pressure game and, and 50-50 game with the other team might get the better of you. But see, just the fact that, you know, if you're getting the ball on, every single member of the team demands to get on it with you. Mm. It just made your job so much easier. Because I
2: asked Wes this, but
0: he's a daft, a goalie, so he doesn't really know, but how does Warburton get teams
2: playing like that? Would you work on the movements every day? Because see, when he played just mate, it was like, he would drop in here, he would move it, and it was like it was all pre-planned. Is that what he'd done in training?
0: Well see. See, football football me. everybody does shape. Do you know what I mean? Everyone does shape. But he was the first manager I've ever worked under that actually worked over goal kicks. Mate, he used to work on goal kicks. Wow. It was just literally short goal, goal kicks and it was literally rotations of the pitch we were going to do to get on the ball. Because he used to say, if we kick it long, it's, it's a percentage ball. We're just getting the ball for grabs. So we're keeping it short. He used to do the same with corners, which I didn't... I understand sometimes take the shot but I didn't 100% agree with it, always take short corners but uh, we go kicks loved it and he used to literally just work on like defensive rotations midfield rotations and how to drag the other team away to get something on the ball and he was the first manager I worked under that literally used to work on that on a Friday for a good 20 minutes 30 minutes and within the shape that we used to do it was always just rotations mate, to get on the ball and uh, like I said it was just an absolute joy to play in and at the same time mate, we were all young hungry players all, we all wanted to play that way. We all, all wanted to go on the ball. We all wanted to play that certain brand of football. And then you mixed it with, you know, the likes of Kenny Miller, Lee Wallace. Big characters, mate. Like, winners as well. You should just demand perfection every single day and just demand the standards.
2: Uh, right, talk us through the day. You get told that you're going to get a contract. Can you
0: remember it? Does he pull you in the office? It, it was literally three days into it. So I wasn't expecting it. It was a two-week trial. And it was after about three days, he just pulled me in. And he just said, listen, we're going to offer you a contract. And couldn't wipe a smile off my face. And see in terms of contract negotiations, mate, there was basically none. It was like, he spoke to my agent, contract was on the table, right, get it signed. And uh, and initially, I think it was like, a, I think it was like a two-year contract initially. And, um you No, know, we played these pre games. And, and I, I remember, I literally signed the contract after three days. Again, as a sort of box-to-box midfielder, could play it wide. And uh, we had played preseason games. And... Again, Warburton's pulled me in, and he basically said to me, "Listen, you know you, you can handle boys you can handle the ball in tight areas. I know you want to play further forward, but we've got nobody that can play the forward now. Is it we're going to sign John Eustace? That's what we will try to sign at a time. In Watford, uh, is it? Sorry, Watford, isn't it? Derby. Is John Eustace. Aye. Uh, we're going to sign John Eustace? But, but in the meantime, can you play there? I'd never played there before my career, but I was aye, I high knee bother. because. I'd, I'd always wanted to go on the ball, I'd always wanted to get on it, pass it, whatever. And, uh, so I just thought, I brilliant, I'll play there. Turns out we never signed John Eustace. So from then on, him and David Weir just, just used to try and sort of preach into me and coach me that position because we never had anybody at the time that was really natural in there. So it was just sort of my focus on trying to play there for that season. See, just on signing Andy? Where do
2: you sign? Do you sign at
0: Murray Park or do you go to Ibrox to sign? I say, the good players sign at Ibrox, mate, but I signed at Murray Park. <laughs> Just being a Daffy trialist, mate. I was, in, I think, I was in a youth room at Murray Park. Give me a contact there. You're signing. I don't think there was a photographer there or nothing. So it's just, you- it just me with my camera phone like, for my Instagram. <laughs> that it. A selfie rewards, man. Uh,
2: so did your dad, and dad not even get to go up to iBrooks for your
0: No, they didn't. No, uh, mate. What's even the the youth, even the youth players at Rangers now, they get their mom and up at iBrooks in the media room at everything. No, I they, I was just a Daffy signing, mate. It just wasn't even bothered about me. So see, when you signed, do you get in the morning phone your mum and dad straight away? Aye, straight away. Are agreeing? Oh, See, agreeing? No, see, at that point, actually, I just, just remembered that at that point I was living with my mum. Because I had a hush when I was down south. Obviously, I moved down south when I was 18. Came back to Scotland at 24. Being on trial, I wasn't going to rent somewhere. I wasn't going to buy somewhere. So I was staying at my mum's for that period of time. So after training, going back to my mum's, telling her, listen, they've already offered me a contract. That's it. Signing with Rangers. Obviously, phoning my dad the exact same, and I just, obviously, they were so proud, and it was, uh, it's, it's a special thing. If you can make your family and your friends proud, mate, it's, it's a special thing, so that was, thank for having to do that. Were they agreeing? Uh, I don't really remember them. my dad would never greet, me. My dad would never greet. My mum's a crier, but uh, I don't actually remember her crying, I think was just, just happy, really. Did you just get a drink, and do you have a drink celebrate? No, no, that's when I stopped drinking, mate. See, that, See for the day I sang with Rangers, mate, I was a hermit, honestly. I used to love a night out and, and, and go out in Glasgow and have a drink, but no, I don't even I don't really social drink that much. It's just that if I get a chance to go, out, I'll go out. But uh, it's, it's just different here, mate. It's different. How
2: how's that? Why, why do why you stop? Why did you stop going out? Why, in case you're getting bothered with Celtic fans
0: in that? I, no, 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 even just Celtic Rangers fans as well, mate. You just can't. Like, if you get beat, you can't go out because you get beat. You're going to get pestered. If you win, you can't go out because. There's a good chance you've got a game in three days and somebody's going to phone the club. Uh right, mate, De- the debut
2: comes in a challenge cup game against Hibs. um, did you know you'd be
0: starting? Uh, probably had a good incline because I'd played the majority of the preseason games. Um again, Warburton was not, it was he was, was made a shape up on the Friday. You would you would kinda know the team then, but you wouldn't name it the day before. But it was one of the ones, once you shaped up, you basically knew the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was one we had done the shape sort of knew I was playing in that sort of holding midfield role and uh, said it on numerous occasions mate I think it will always go down as the most nervous I've been going into a game it was just it was merely expectation and the pressure I put on myself more than anything uh, knowing the amount of my mates and my, my family were going to be there and listen mate, mate that Hibs team is a good team people don't forget like all, all, although they were in the championship I, I think they were the f- easy the fourth fifth best team in Scotland at that time easy no, you take outside Celtic and and Aberdeen, maybe ourselves. I think they were the next best team in Scotland at that time. Obviously, they had Rutherford well, Scotty, uh, John McGinn, Fraser Fivey, Dylan McGee. But they had some top players. So, it was a, well, gone it away. A difficult first game at Eastern Road. And 6-2 and you score. Is that the best buzz you've had in football, your first goal for Rangers? Aye, aye definitely. It was, um, I gave up, people never talk about it now because I scored, but I gave up a penalty five minutes before. It was, a, uh, I think it was 2-1, two, 2-0, two 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 at the time? No, 3-1 at the time it was, 3-1 at the time. And I gave away a penalty five minutes before. And honestly, mate, I'm just thinking, oh my God, disaster debut. Like, <laughs> that's it, they scored it 3-2. It's going to be the Alamo for the last half hour. But uh, thankfully, two minutes later, obviously get a, receive a pass at the edge of the box and managed to put it in the top corner. So I sort of made up for it five minutes later, but getting away that penalty, mate, I, was, I was thinking the worst.
2: Is that hard? Because see when I went to Dundee, mate? like a few of my pals are Dundee fans and I, I hated it, mate, cause you know that they were in the, in the stand watching me. You, they slaughter you, mate. Were so, you I, the single Rangers? Was it tough?
0: I, I never had that. Like, it was never my or and dad that slaughtered me. You know, you get, get, you get more and dads that they slaughter you after games or they'll just sort of perk you up after games. It was my mates. The group so chat Aye. If, if, if I was bad in a game ma. Uh, or if I cost a goal, at wins whatever it would be my mates. What, I mean, what, what happened today? I, I used to hate that question. Oh, How bad's that? What happened today? As if I went out and tried to give away a penalty, you know, trying to make a mistake or whatever. So uh, I was, uh, like you said, it was, I was the same. It was my mates who used to give me a tight. But after that, after that, uh, after that penalty, I am feeling the worst. But managed to score a goal. And honestly, mate, see after the game, she just. It's even just the buzz or the text messages I was receiving, the messages of support for everybody and that. It was, I think that was probably, I'd been at the club for maybe four or five weeks of pre-season, but then but I think that was the first time that I probably felt for the first time I'm playing with Angels now. Right, mate. Your home debut, you couldn't get
2: an easier game. Uh, home with Peterhead. I must have made you look like fucking Gaza, did I?
0: Mate, I talked about the test obviously the players went up against at Hibs, mate. It was even tougher the next week. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Generally,
0: what, what was it? 3-0? 3-0? I, I don't even know about that. But um, I, G- no, do you know I, I actually remember there was a wee ginger boy in centre mid. <laughs> Generally, though, he it was a good player. Have you Am I talking? Like, he was he was like technically quite a good player, but he was just like, overweight. Am I talking about the right boy? Or was that uh, you? No,
2: it's Javier. Why is it the ginger, your bastard? <laughs> <laughs> um, she she drives up to Ibrox for your first home debut.
0: I, I, did you walk across the road for your mum's says Oh mate, do you know what I had never realised? Like, so I don't know if you know this either. See, I just found this weird, but like obviously cool. Like, cool as in it when you're doing it. You you're diving your motor, you dive your motor through the blue gates at Ibrox, and you park it track side of the game, so literally in front of the dugout on the blue tarmac. You park your motor there, and then the people from the club then take your car and park it in the car park just all right seeing the stadium empty because like I said that was a diddy sign and I didn't get stadium tours and all that and you know, pictures in front of the pitch or whatever that was my chance so I was just like walking about and seeing the stadium before kick-off and that but, but my, my nerves weren't the same as the week before obviously playing against you and, uh, <laughs> no, oh, just, just, but obviously having the game the week before my nails weren't the same because it was the second game and just it was me. just the excitement looking forward to the game and uh, I think, it was, I remember it was 3-0 uh, temps, I think it was Kenny Marr, Tav had scored the goals in that, so it was obviously brilliant to make my home debut. Uh, how quickly could you tell like that team was
2: brilliant football-wise? Was it straight away? Uh, because, was it a bit unrealistic because you'd only played maybe Hibs in a Challenge Cup and us
0: in a Cup? Well, I remember we played Burnley. We, we played Burnley in a pre-season friendly and lost, I think we lost 1-0, but we played very, very well. And Scott, I you're talking about Scotty. I remember I was I, I'd known Scotty for years, obviously, through the Falkirk days and all that. I remember talking to him after the game. he was like, you popped it. Like proper, popped it. And and Burnley were in it, they were in the premises time. They, they they I think they'd done all right a year before and whatnot. And a uh, like I remember thinking at that period in time like we like we should like canter this this championship. Uh, like it's only really gonna be hibs that are gonna you no know, challenges or whatnot. But uh, I, I always thought that we well, well, were a decent team at that point.
2: And to, hey, guys like Kenny Moe and Lee Wallace and that team in the championship, mate, how good are they for like, setting the standards of Rangers, letting boys know what it's all about? You obviously didn't need uh, that for other boys coming in.
0: Mate, honestly, mate, see to this day, and I think it will still be the same when I retire, they two will go down as two of the best teammates I've ever had. But If I've got my top five teammates, they two will be right high up in the list. Why? But it was, Why is that? Mate, it was quite... Like, see what I was talking about before, where I was at Livy, that was my brilliant change in them, because we it was just all a laugh, and it was just like, we'd go out all the time, Saturday, Tuesday, and that was it. It was, And then when I was doing it at Middlesbrough again, I was still young, I was full carry-on. like mate, I, I'd moved away from, I'd say the eighteen scene, i say for Middlesbrough, I was having garlic bread for dinner, mate, and <laughs> crab sticks in that. See, crab sticks out the packet for Tesco. <laughs> garlic bread and the oven, crab sticks, dinner. <laughs> He'd gone to Rangers, it was like, that was when I started. I felt developing more into like seeing myself more as a leader, trying to take more sort of you know pressure and mantle upon myself. And a lot of that came for Kenny and Waldo, mate. Like I, I, I'd always been, I'd always like been competitive. I'd always been a winner. But in terms of like dedication to to football and uh, you know trying to help other people, there was no better than they two, I mate. Mean, the standard they set every single day was, was to on. So would they would
2: they pull
0: people up if they weren't eating properly and stuff like that? Not so much no eating properly, but if you weren't the applying yourself properly, they'd be the first to pull you up. And it it would always be in the right manner. Like they would if they if they would maybe have a dig at you during training, but if, if it was a, a, a time to pull you after training, they would pull you one on one and they'd tell you, it's like, listen, you need to do this right. And see, one thing about Warburton was as well he, he wanted more, he wanted the dressing room mayor like player policed in terms of like fines and and sort of you know, setting standards and that, he, he sort of left, left that to his captain, his vice-captain and a mm. couple of leaders within the group, which I think was good at the time, because in terms of Waldo and Kenny, they had everyone's respect, so I, I think it was the right time to do because everybody was going to last it today, too, regardless. So did they pull you? Did you get pulled from them and, and told? Uh, they would always have, like, if, if there was time to have a goat me, they would have a goat me, but I've always been wanting to sort of apply myself properly in that, anyway. So I don't think they they proper proper goes at me. Maybe if I misplaced a pass, which I often done, they have a go at me like that. But in terms of no applying myself, it was, it was it was never like that. Did you find yourself doing that with other
2: boys as well? Because you'd grown up as an Rangers fan.
0: See, I mean, I I, I, I should be I used to see when I was younger, I was so cheeky. So see, my, see me being cheeky, that was me used to hiking I was a winner. Do you know what I mean? Just being stupid and competitive, like me being cheeky, that was. My way of showing how I want to win. Mm. But it wasn't until I like, started getting older that I sort of tried to channel it in the right way and, and date in the right direction, which I've never mastered by the way. I'm still I can still date in the wrong manner, but they two showed me the way and, and how to date properly. And uh, you know, cause you, you know yourself, mate, you get different reactions for different players. You know what I mean? Some some players they react to a kick up the ass, some players need a cuddle and all that. So it was uh, it wasn't until like sort of working with it sort of develop me in that, that side of the game as well.
2: Spoke to Lee Wallace today, trying to get him on, mate, but he's hard work
0: to try and convince, man. Have a word on Mate, you know what Waldo's like, right? Like, shy as anything. Hmm. See, loves football, mate. Loves football. Mate, oh. see, see after. I think Kenny actually said this and he's open goal with you. See him and Kenny, mate, after training sessions, they were like that, were like salt, salt and pepper shakes, mate. Like in a formation. And, <laughs> and honestly, they would talk football and tactics for hours. And I joined, I, I'm the same, I love football, so I joined in on that, but see Waldo mate see outside football he's the shyest guy in the world like I'm talking about me being a hermit he's the biggest hermit he wouldn't go for a health cup, he wouldn't go in the town to go shopping or nothing right so he would do anything though to bring attention to himself so see his last season at Rangers under Gerrard it, it killed him a wee bit mate because he was never really involved he was always a big character a big leader in the changing room so he tried to sort of rein himself back because he didn't want to interfere so much and he would just sort of be in the background, which which killed me, mate, because he was like such a good teammate. I mean, but he would just he would always about about be out of the line, like, no bring any any attention to himself, right? So I'm going to tell this story now because you, you just mentioned Waldo. So we went uh, we went a Christmas do that summer to Tenerife, and um, we did colours, right? Mm-hmm. So everyone had to dress up the colours. It was like blue, green, red, yellow—all the standard colours—and that, right? But it was a leather colour. <laughs> you had to be head to toe to leather needless to say who picks out the leather Lee Wallace mate I couldn't have picked one teammate that would hate that more him and ah oh, she's seen him heat to win leather mate what about ten or the 30 degree heat oh, it good. one of my best memories but I swear you have the arse cut out of the jeans <laughs> he would need to, mate because it was roasting honestly I think shrunk shrunk I don't even think he got out it mate for about four days I think I had to yeah. rub tubs of Vaseline up his sleeves and everything but if you get a moment, you need to ask him about the leather outfit for Tenerife.
2: Amazing. I played, we played drifting team uh, Scotland together. What a great guy, man. And what a player as well,
0: mate. One of the best, mate. Honestly. He's a... Uh, you have good mates in football, but there's some guys that you love, but you just fall away for. He's somebody that I'll keep in touch with forever. Uh, like I said, one of the best. Brilliant.
2: Uh, the team was flying uh, in the league, certainly like won the day and two, great in the Premiership. Uh, how did you feel when you got them in the, in the cup draw,
0: semi-final? I, uh, I mean Celtic were f- they were flying in terms of the they were, they were, you know, were pissing the league they were obviously the best team in the league and the best team in Scotland at the time so they were fine but they were getting a lot of criticism under I think it was the way they were playing under Ronnie Dyler or like no being convincing enough or whatnot but I, I've said it before I always felt that we were a good team like being a championship team we well, were obviously doing what we should have done within that league but I felt as if if we played at our best we could have matched Celtic no problem and then um, on the day, I always felt as if it was so important for the group being young to start well because it was seven or eight players have never played an Old Firm game before, me being included. never, Maybe never, a lot of these never really knew what the fixture was about. So we just felt within our group it was so important to start well. And for the first whistle, mate, we, were, we just I was surprised at how well we all settled within the game because, I mean, it's a high-pressure occasion, mate. It's, it's, obviously, it's a big fixture. And it was just the way we settled into the game, we were, we were superb on the day. See so
2: just, she so just on that, why Yankee started so well? Like, what was the build-up like during the week from Warburton? Was it all yeah, about keeping
0: your nerves? It's like I said to you before, you know, if you're playing in a team in a big fixture, that if every single player's going to help you and you've got the ball, mate, they're taking your job away from you. Because there's no... You think of old firm fixtures that you used to watch back in the day. There was better players than us that played in it, but it was so frantic, mate. You used to watch old firm games, it was 100 miles an hour, tackles everywhere, so frantic. It felt as if within that game, I had more time on the ball in that game than I did playing Peter Heat. genuinely. Like, it was just, everyone wanted on the ball. We wanted to help each other and it just allowed us to settle into that game. And, and I, I, honestly, I think it shocked us a wee bit because they, they'd they been battering Rangers and they'd, I think they'd battered them in the cup semi a couple of years before and they had it all their own way with But within that game, we just, we played really well within the day and, and got the better of how them.
2: Was, how, was, uh, how was that week for ticket requests for your
0: pals? Ridiculous, mate, honestly. Where did you
1: it's, get it?
0: Uh, I don't think we definitely never got as much as we wanted because every time we played Celtic at Hamden there was always a dispute about how many we were going to get. Rangers would start beginning as 8 and be like, no, no chance. And then they would maybe put it up to 10, 12, but we'd never get what we want. So it was probably why, between eight and 12 or something like that, but the request, well, that's one thing I'll no miss, that's for sure. Did you find yourself getting pure worked up that week leading up to that game? Aye, mate, but it's like I was saying, if if I know within myself if I'm nervous or too excited or hyped up, I just wouldn't talk about the game, mate. And I would tell everyone around about me, just don't speak about this game. Like, I've got my focus on it. When the time comes, the time comes. But, uh, I just... So you wouldn't speak it, give I, men, your pals, mum and dad, none? Maybe, mate. they I couldn't. Because see, if I spoke about it too much, mate, I wouldn't be sleeping at night. I'd just be thinking about it too much. I'd be too worked up thinking about the game. And I know, But I know when the time comes, I'll be focused. Uh, and see, to be fair, I think it was an approach that I, I, I've just took throughout my full career, basically. And it's still the same. See if, I, see if I lose a game of football, mate, I just don't want to talk about it. Or if, like, I, mean, I, I was going to say if I lose against Celtic, I've lost a, a good few. But if I lose against Celtic, I'm just telling people, don't, don't talk to this. Like, I just don't want to speak about it. And I've been, I've been like that throughout my Rangers career, basically. So, uh, but see, when the game kicked off, mate, honestly, I couldn't believe how calm I felt, considering how, obviously, built up I was uh, going into the game.
2: Is that your favourite game in your Rangers career?
0: It will definitely be up there, I think I, my, my debut will take some beating. But, uh, aye, that, that's it. I that that Sammy is definitely in the top sort of three or five or whatever it was. Anyway, it was just uh, it was some occasion, but mate, I've never been a fan of playing at Hamden, honestly. How oh, come? I just I think that I just don't think the atmosphere's great, mate. The, the, the fans are too far away for the pitch. You just don't. It's nothing compared to Ibrox or Parkhead. Nothing, nothing compared. Was that atmosphere not that good that dinner? It was good, but it's just. Again, mate, it's just the distance between the crowd and the pitch. you just not get that intense. Mate, my favourite, I don't know about you, but my favourite stadium to play in is Tyncastle, mate. I love playing at Tyncastle. And again, it's how much the fans are just on top of you. It's it's brilliant. It's a proper colden. And when they're selling out and the place is, uh, they're, they're going well, the place is rocking, mate. Like, I used to love playing at Tyncastle, but like Hamden's the opposite, mate. They've all got megaphones just to shout something, do you know what I mean? It's It's brutal. The pitch is massive at hand as well, mate. Actually, too big for somebody like me, mate. That's for sure.
2: See, when you beat us in that Petrifact final, five, mate, that pitch seemed like the size of... Te- Iker Karanka's five pitches at Middlesbrough, mate. That's
0: what Aye. I Oh, Aye. Well, mate, see a story about that game, talking about nerves. Like I said, my mates would always be the one to criticise me in that, right? See, going into that game, all my mates were mad gamblers, right? And all my mates have got Rangers minus two, and uh, I think it was like even money or whatever, right? So what happens, 2-0, 10 minutes to go, we get a penalty, who's taking it? So she's stepping up, taking that penalty, mate, knowing that all my pals need me to score this goal, you win this money. Oh, that's the most nervous I think I've been. That was ridiculous. I remember <laughs> that. one. Oh, brilliant.
2: Uh, just on the Celtic game, obviously, user,
0: we're better than Celtic on the day. How frustrating that it ends up going to extra time.
2: See, when it goes to extra time, do you start to worry?
0: Uh, mate, it was so caught up within the game, I think, the first half, we we dominated that much. We knew Celtic were going to get a reaction. We knew we were going to get a reaction at them, and uh, sure enough, mate. First five ten minutes of the second half, they had about forty corners, just knocking on the door, knocking on the door. I think they end up scoring for the fourth or fifth consecutive corner or whatnot. But uh, again, the game seemed to sort of gradually die down again, and uh, I think again we sort of dominated it going into sort of extra time and whatnot. But the, sort of, the last 20 minutes extra time, mate, there was no, no really, nobody really got the better of each other. It was a game of chess where nobody wanted to open up too much in case they got caught on the other side. So mm-hmm. the game sort of, I don't know if you remember it, but it just sort of petered into penalties. There wasn't really much chances. It was just, you know, we sort of kept the ball for a period of time when they had that they kept the, the ball for a period of time. But uh, going into penalties again just felt the same. Just felt sort of overriding emotions. I just calmed this, mate. Just felt we played with that well within the game that it just felt within that day it was, it, was, it was your time because remember the Paddy Roberts miss? Like yeah. Some things were just, just felt as if it was meant to be. Lee Griffiths again hit a ridiculous free kick for about 35 yards Had swaz dip everything tipped onto the bar done spun back out for a corner. It was like at that point it felt as if this could be our day.
2: I just wanted to ask you before I got the penalties a lot was made of you and Bruni that day. I think it was the handshakes and stuff like that. See during the game when it is you and Bruni and you're constantly giving each other a bit.
0: Uh nah, no really mate. It was just more like a case I just I want to stand up and be counted in, the, in this game. I want to try and obviously do myself proud, day my family proud and and and, and make a game in case like I said that you know, the last three, four old films previous to that, there wasn't really much of a competition and uh, see ninety percent of the games at, at the rangers Celtic games, me and Scott Brown are never really up against each other. He's holding midfield for Celtic. I'm holding midfield for Rangers they were 40 yards away from each other on the pitch, but I played further forward in that game and so did he. So that was probably one of the games where we'd go a bit more close and personal with each other. But now nah, it wasn't really much in terms of, I you know, verbal banter. Verbal it was just trying to get the better each other on the day. But um, he's obviously someone that's done really well for Celtic. So it was, he was one of the ones you need to try and shut down going into the game.
2: Right, mate. Penalties. What happens at penalties? So full-time goes. does Mark Warburton have a list or does he say who wants
0: one? So, it's, a, it's one of the ones where you practice them the day before training, but nothing gets picked. And then, I think base managers are, just, are the same now. If you go to a penalty shootout, they'll get to the players that are most confident. You know what I mean? So, it's just a case of people putting their hands up who wants to take one. And I just told them, basically, I want to take the first one. It was, uh, Why
2: did you want to take the
0: first one? I was confident, mate. I've, I've, always, I've, I've always felt it was a decent penalty taker. I was I a second-choice penalty taker at Rangers at a time. Waggy wasn't playing in the game. So, so if there was a penalty in that game, I was taking it. But I'm actually kind of glad it didn't, during normal I don't know if I'd have been as calm. Uh, I, so I just put my hand up and said, listen, I want to take the first one. And just wanted to be the one that sort of took that first one and, and try to take a bit of the pressure off. But I was, was confident going up. I'd always, it was one of the ones where, I, if you're taking a penalty, just don't change your mind. Do you know what I mean? So I'd always, for the day before, knew if I was taking a penalty, I know what way I'm going and uh, it was just don't change your mind and just be confident and, and straighten it.
2: See, because it was in the Celtic end? Be honest, were you shitting it
0: walking up? Honestly, mate, no. It was, uh, and it was not the day we walking into the Celtic end or walking into the Rangers game. I think it was just the, the the way the game went, the way I'd felt during the game. I'd played well, the team had played well. I was I was proud of myself, I was proud of the players. We had confidence going into it. So it was, nah, I wasn't really nervous going into it and it was just a, it was, if, if I'd, missed the penalty, it'd probably have been a different would, I'd be yeah. talking differently than I'm the new. Uh, I wouldn't be talking so gallows, but uh, I managed to score it and again I was I was confident other players taking penalties. Mate, do you know what the one person I wasn't confident in taking one was Lee Walsh. genuinely. Why well, yeah. that's what was very good technically, but it was like it seemed while practicing penalties the next day I remember Walsh don't ever practice one. So like even, see I seen Baz McKay take one he's stroking it in and I've seen like Tav taking one, he's whitting it. A an hour like Waldo. I wasn't as confident with Waldo, and I don't know why. Just the long run up, everything just didn't look right with me, and I was thinking like, he's missing this. But, yeah, uh, told you. Did you turn back into a fan again? I was just like, I, I, it was just more, I was nervous watching other people take the penalty. Yeah. So I, it's, I suppose that's what it's like as a fan. Like you're nervous watching, but when you're playing, it's completely different. I still get that sometimes if I was on the bench watching the game, which was basically every week for the last two years. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I so within that game, I watching other people take penalties, mate, it's horrible, man, but I wasn't that confident watching Waldo step up and take his. And then Roderick missed, mate. Uh, talk us through your
2: emotions when that happens, the
0: buzzing. <sighs> it's never, obviously, been on camera because everyone's, it's, you know, you, you, you score a penalty, you miss the winning penalty, just sprint to the goalie. I just I just dropped down to the flare, mate. Honestly, dropped down to the flare and it was just like, first for firm, man, won it. Like, my family and friends are going to be so proud. It's going to mean so much to everyone. Uh, I, it was just unbelievable, mate. Honestly, unbelievable. But it was, a, like I said, it was just it was a sort of welcome to Rangers because we couldn't celebrate it, mate. We, well, we we played Hibs at Easter Road three days later to win the league. So the mm-hmm. first thing that was said when we were back in the changing room was, number one, that win means nothing if you don't go on and win the Scottish Cup final. So you're like, pfft, brilliant. Don't like, you you celebrate it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then next thing was three days later, we can go to Hibs and win the league and get the club back to the SPL. So it wasn't like if you win a game of that magnitude somewhere else, mate. Yeah, you're out for three days. But yeah, it was. So you
2: beat
0: everything. that the be semi final. You just went, you just went, you just went home to your house. <laughs> Honestly, and I remember going home, and uh, I went to my dad's house, and my dad wasn't in. He, he was already at the pub. I went to my missus, dad's house and, and mum and dad's house because they're all mad rangers. They were on in the end. They were away out. So I was like, I may as well go home and get a curry. Uh, so that was my way of celebrating, mate. I got a Chinese or something. Oh, terrible, mate. I know, I know. Disaster. Uh, right, the cup final, mate. Um,
2: after
0: beating, say,
2: like, did you, were you going to be a bit overconfident going to the Hibs game?
0: Uh, no, mate, because, like I said, we knew Hibs were a good team. We'd played them five times that year. We'd beat them three times. Uh, they'd beat us twice. And every game was close, except for the, the sort of petrified one, the first one. So we knew they were a good team. But I've, mate, I've, I've said this in, in private to people before, and I've never really said it much because I don't want it to come across as excuses because it wasn't the Hibs deserve deserved to win the game, mate. They, they were a the better team on the day. They deserved to win the final. Mm-hmm. But it definitely didn't help that our season finished, mate, and three, four weeks later was the cup final. So we never had a, a competitive game for four weeks. Leading into a Scottish Cup final, and Hibbs obviously they were in the playoffs. They were still playing. I think it was Falkirk and I think it was Morton, maybe Morton or Falkirk or Queen of South. So they still had their competitive games trying to get back into the playoffs, into the championship. And honestly, I remember Matt Warburton saying to like me and Kenny and Waldo, like I'm trying to get friendlies for you, but everybody's season's finished. Yeah. Uh, everyone's away. Like I can't get these friendlies. So in one month we played one friendly, and it was against Tottenham down there. And they battered us. So our <laughs> confidence was absolutely shot to bits after this Tottenham game. But Why would you organise that friendly, man? Honestly, like, actually, we won the game, but they battered us. Like, yeah. it, it wasn't like Tottenham's first team. It was like Tottenham's, like, a mix of our players that won not playing, Resis, But we won the game, but they, honestly, they were so good. Yeah. So uh, it was just a keep move, mate. We we're trying our best to stay fit, stay competitive going into the cup final. So I just think the cup final caught us cold, mate. They started fast. They scored a goal early. We just couldn't get our second win. We couldn't get our legs back to just try and match them. So I, honestly, mate, I remember it being a terrible game. I, I, they were the better team, but they never really played as well as they could either. We were rubbish, point blank rubbish. So it was, uh, but like I said, mate, it was. I um, sound as if I'm making excuses, but I'm no, because on the day, they deserve to win it. See, on the day, see, because of that lack of games, did you feel a bit leggy playing? I felt terrible, mate. And you know what it's like sometimes the Scottish Cup finals as well, mate, it's like 25... I, mean, I don't know anything about the Scottish Cup finals. <laughs> it's like 25, 26 degrees, so it's a hot day. You know you're going to, obviously it's going to take a lot out of you mentally, physically. And uh, I just, I think the breaking in football was, was definitely a, a factor towards it. But like I said, so, uh, I'm sorry were the better team that day. And uh, they their better players that stepped up to them out well, we, ours, ours didn't they. So how, how long into that
2: game did you think, like, we're fuck
0: fucked here, we're tired, man? Well, they they started quite on us. They were the better team early, which under Warburton, but we were brilliant at we were brilliant at starting well, dominating the ball, mm-hmm. getting into a rhythm, and then just letting the game take care of itself, basically. But uh, they they but they they started fast, which they never really done against us in the games previous, and uh, it sort of took us out of your side a wee bit. We never really had a lot of the ball, which is how we get into a rhythm and and you know get into a tempo. They they sort of done that to us, and they just hit us in counter attacks, constant hit us in counter attacks and I don't know, the first goal, uh, I think, was it Antti Stokes, robbed it, or somebody robbed it, Got to Antti Stokes, uh, down the line, counter-attack, just burst into the box, goal, mm. and then for that period, we just, we took a well to get into our stride, and then, Kenny brings us back into the game, and nearly scores a second straight after, and if he scored that second, it might have set, uh, we've taken the lead early, it might have settled us into the game, but still one each going into the second half, we just never kicked on, mate, we never played well enough, and, uh, Obviously, but still scoring a goal. Yeah. It, ten, well, it Absolute belter, will it? I will. mate, I've no stuck many like that. Uh I've stuck it well, stuck it perfect. Scoring a goal with ten minutes to go, you're just hoping you hold on. But the biggest criticism, and probably rightly so, our team at that point was we just never defended set pieces well, mate. The amount of goals we conceded for set pieces was ridiculous. I've no doubt that every team that played us a match analysis was look at their no look at our set piece the defensive record and that and and uh, you know you could see two set of pieces in the Scottish Cup final with ten minutes to go. to was it?
2: I know you love Matt Warburton. You've talked him up there, but was that not a bit frustrating that he's never worked on it a wee bit more? Now. that would that be the one maybe, be criticism?
0: Ah, uh, it probably was the one criticism. But like it for a player's perspective, and I know that a lot of the boys were the same. The pros, mate, and the way we played and the way we worked day in day out far outweighed that. And a hundred percent, if like if I'm trying to make a perfect coach and I was saying to him, I would say like, this is probably what we need to do better as well. Which I think later down the line, we did do that, but no, obviously at the same degree and same focus we did attacking wise. But that that's the thing I loved about him at the time. That's the thing I loved about that team. So it's hard to criticise that. But at the same time, to make it better, is definitely the other side we had to look at as well. Right mate, just the last week negative. Just talk
2: us through that last 10 minutes. How did it feel when you seen David Gray that ball the it?
0: Oh, uh, I obviously horrible mate. It's just, I think that season, mate, was my first season at Rangers. Obviously, my dream to play there, and it generally was nearly the dream season. We've won the league, which we should have to get the the club back at SPL. We won the Petrifact, which we should have, because we're obviously, probably the favourites for the trophy. We beat Celtic, uh, Celtic, with the club hadn't they done for X amount of years, and then if you topped that off with a Scottish Cup win, going into having Europe for the next season, it would have been a dream, perfect season. But, uh, obviously, unfortunately, we managed to do that, but. Um, like I said Hibs were a good teammate and deserved it on the day it's as simple as that Do you think if he'd
2: won that cup it'd have been different?
0: Potentially well, Potentially about I, mean, got a bit more time and... I think a bit more money probably as well he'd probably get a bit more money as well so it probably would have made a fact don't get me wrong I don't think that team was ready for European football definitely no but it, it, it probably could have helped us progress more in terms of him getting more money and whatnot.
2: Right mate another guy I need to ask you about I spoke to him about you what a boy he is,
0: Josh Winder. He uh-huh. says, tell Andy I love him as a player because he just lends it to us. Aye, oh, that's it mate. You just get, if, if you're a phone, mate, you're a phone for a reason that you're supposed to get the bongy get the good players. So, uh, do you know what I was, I don't, as Josh told you, I'm the reason he signed for Rangers. No. See, eh, a- he, he thinks he can give me, he can give me the wages that he earned for the three years he was at Rangers. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, like I said, I've always had a good relationship with Warburton, and one of my best pals, Cal Naismith, were you uh Pompey McKill, no? Nah, I just left when he oh. came good play though. Ah yeah, so I, uh, so, so he was at uh he was at Arkington at the time and I used to go down and watch him all the time. And uh, I remember going down one game and Josh was brilliant to be fair. And I knew he was a young boy because I'd never seen him play and the amount of times I'd been. Because 'cause I'd watched Arkington about five, six, seven times at that point, and it was maybe the fourth or fifth time that I've watched and Josh has played and he was brilliant, mate. You know but See, see that, that sort of level in England, you're either a technical player but no athletic, mm. or you're athletic and you've got no techniques. <laughs> like, yeah, that's it. Whereas Josh had, Josh had both. To be fair, yeah. I remember watching that game. I came back to Rangers and I said to Frank McPallen and Wobbs, I was like, "Go and have a look at the boy Josh Windass at Accrington. I was like, he's he's too good at that level. It, it could be perfect for us, basically. If it sort of fit the brand of football we 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 played at the time." So that's a true story. I'd go. I wouldn't say I'm the reason he signed for Rangers, but I uh, obviously give my G. I get, I'm up to discard anyway. Did he give you a few quid? What the deal now. We, mate, we met him. He's the tightest guy in the world, man. <laughs> he told us to ask you about Hearts away. Can you remember it? Oh, I'll give away my foot. Fi- oh, I can remember it. I because I was absolutely It was my worst performance at a Rangers jersey by far. Right, I see, mate. Like she going into the SPL. Uh, I'm my own biggest critic. I always have been. I'll always be honest about it. My first six months in the SPL, mate, that was probably my best consistent form in my career. Like I, I was doing really well. I'd, I I think I'd scored ten goals in the Championship for holding midfield. I took that into the first six months in the SPL. I think I'd already scored six or seven, playing well, had a few man in the matches, like playing every week. Second six month was a different story. Like I was rubbish. Too many poor performances. Hearts being the biggest one. But, the story that Josh wants me to tell you is, Hearts, so Hearts pitch at that time was brutal. Right? The pitch was shocking. But the thing with Warburton is, was, this is the way we want to play it, and that's it. So, goal kicks, we're all going short. We're all going short to get the ball after Wes. It's bobbling at our feet. It's gone for a throw-in. 20 yards for our own goal. We're to pass out for goal kicks. They're admitting having shots in goal corners, so we're getting battered, right? So, eh, uh, I think we're losing 3-1, right? Josh is raging. He's no pain because, like, you know what Josh is like. he thinks he's the best player in the world. So, uh, Josh, I see, I see some going up, right? So, Josh's number, is coming on. So, Josh is sprinting on, obviously, trying to make an impact. And that. So, he's like, ah, boys. Josh is quite, he's loud within the changing room. But in terms of demands and that, he's not, like, the most active. So, we're 3-1 doing. Josh is sprinting on. ah, like, boys, come on. Come on, what's going on here? I'm getting battered. Come on. So, we've got a throw right? 10 seconds later, we've got a throw in. Somebody throws the ball to Josh, he goes to control it, bobbles in his foot. They go through one at one and score, right? So Josh walks by me and goes, ah, How bad's the pitch by you? <laughs> 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 obviously, Sophie demanded to everyone. He just came up with the same excuses that we've been coming up with for the last 70 minutes. <laughs> oh. Oh, mate, that sums that boy up, it? It's one of my favourite ever stories. I still tell it to this day, mate, honestly. <laughs> so good. did great I've got a lot um, of time for End up losing 4-1. And see, after that, mate, like, I feel that's when the atmosphere towards Warburton for the crowd really started to change. And myself, to be fair. Because I had went through being one of maybe the fans' favourites, doing really well the first six months. I'd won a couple of players the month. And then after that, my form had dipped dramatically towards the end of the season. See, the start of that season, as you said you were flying, what's, what's the aim to win the league as soon as you got back into the SPL? Mate, I I, I used like, we used to get battered as players for things we'd, say, we'd maybe say in the media up, in that season. But, see, mate, I'm never going to go into the season and say, oh, we're aiming for second. Because you no, like if you're at Rangers or, or you're at Celtic and the tradition through it is to win trophies and to win leagues and all that, you are not going to say that's the aim. Like, the aim is to come and try and win the league, stay as close as possible, make it a, a title challenge. But as a club progressed, because we've been a championship club, a league one club and a league two club for the last five years, and see regardless of what anybody makes a war button, he progressed that football team, and he progressed that club over his tenure. And we end up finishing third that year, which obviously is, we shouldn't have, because we should have been above Aberdeen or whatever. But when he left over second... The issue was, we were too many points behind Celtic. Like it was a cakewalk. The, the league wasn't even close. So that was the big issue. But we are still second. Well, like, well, we're going to get Europe. Well, were, we we're progressing the club at the point where maybe it was realistic at the time. See when we played us
2: Andy, right? And it was it was so high intensity. The tempo was so high that the passing was quick. And see at the end of that season when you send guys like Barton, Crankjar, Sendros, Clint Hill, I was thinking. I did not really think that they suit the way Rangers play. Did, did you get that feeling when you heard, you heard these signings or was it just because they were such big names you were delighted that they were coming?
0: Mate, if you're at, if you're at a football team, right, and you, like you're, you, you want the team to get better and you want the team to grow and you see that you're linked a Joey Martin, Nico Crancha, Clint Hill, make your buzzing. you know what I mean? They're, like, you're like, they're, they're going to make us better. And see, to be honest, mate, regardless of what happened, they did make us better. In my opinion, the biggest issue at that period of time was Warburton's first season, there was like 12, 13, 14 new players, 8, 9, 10 going out. We didn't need that in the second year. It didn't need to be like a big turnover, a big influx in players. We just needed, like we go, a dash of experienced players and Joey, Nico, uh, Clint. And then three, maybe more, like members of real quality that was going to improve the start eleven. Instead, again, we made on our sort of 9, 10, 11 signings. And at, at the time, I, I personally don't think that's what we needed because we were a good team in the Championship. We just had to make us a bit better. But at that period of time, Celtic were a different animal under Brendan Rodgers, and we didn't progress the way we should have. Did you uh, Did you feel competition for you, Barton and
2: Cranchard? Like, you're, you made that number four position your own. See, when they came in, were you thinking, like, I'm going to need up my game
0: here? Oh, 100%. But... I think that's if you're obviously that's the way it's going to be. It's going to be competition for places. But I think again, it was always the intention that Joey was coming in as the four, he was the four, and then I would be battling with the others for the number eights. And at, see, at the time, I wasn't that bothered because I, I enjoyed the holding midfield role, but I'd always see myself as somebody who'd go further up because like, I was playing holding midfield, but I scored 10 goals because I kept trying to break the box. And if you're winning three now, I was like, I'm getting forward. You know what I mean? I'm to score here. So uh, I think like it was a case of going back to me and my my natural position. But he's not uh, on a four, is he? For me, Joey. Joey. Oh nah, wow. I mean, he's more a like combative, like box to box. But I wouldn't say he's not he's not a ten, but he's not really a four. He's just like a box to box midfielder. But the way obviously like uh, Warburton worked at that time, it was like a four and two tens, really. Do you know what I mean? As they two were always allowing the freedom to break forward. But uh, and that was always a plan. Uh, and again. Stayed in the team for, I think I'd played, I'd played a lot of consecutive starts for Rangers and uh, the first time that I actually got, dropped, for, the first time I never started a game for Rangers was Celtic at Parkhead. So, uh, How did you awesome. take that, Andy? How did you take that when you, when you were dropped? So again, mate, it was a case of my form was good. I was playing well. I'd started every game, but it was international break in Celtic. So, we played the international break. See, one thing I'll say, Nico Cranshaw, mate, he's an absolute maverick. Like, mm-hmm. he's technically ridiculous. In training, could do some stuff that I could never do. and games, could do some stuff that I could never do. So, we played Linfield in the, week, uh, the week before. And, uh, but the, you've I, got a few, I bet you've got a few family friends over there. <laughs> it was a few. I think they were all earlier mean. <laughs> cautions on that. But it was, uh, the week before, I think it was Joey, Jordan Rossiter and me, centre midfield. And um, international break, going into the Celtic game. So we'd played Linfield, right? We'd won 8-0. And it was Joey, Josh, Windass, Nico. And honestly, mate, Nico was ridiculous. Like, ridiculous. Regardless of being a friendly or it was a kick about your pal, some of the stuff he was doing was just a joke. So we played Celtic the next game. And uh, I didn't find out while we well, are in the hotel before the game. And I found out by text no way. to the sports scientist. That had been dropped for the Rangers Celtic game, honestly, because at the time, Warburton, mate. There's always been a big thing about Rangers, where like teams getting leaked and you know what I mean, team lineups getting leaked and whatnot. And but Warburton used to write his team on a chalkboard, choppo- not a chalkboard, choppo- like no, like the flip chart. Uh, pre-match in a hotel, he would write the team in the flip chart. You'd go for pre-match, you'd see the team, you'd go back, you change, you go to the game. But he was at the mindset of that game is if there's Celtic fans in here. The waiters and that, the waitresses, they take a picture of that, they send it to the team. About. So he got Flanny, the sports scientist, to send everybody to the team. And I have started every game for Rangers for 18 months and found out through text that I wasn't starting that game. And it uh, turned out it was Joey, Nico and uh, Josh that started the game. Are you sitting in your room when this text comes through? Sitting in my room. I mean Holt is here in the room. Uh, and, like, well, we, did we you it? Me and Holt have just looked at each other like that. Mate, they've just texted the team and I'm not playing the site. just couldn't believe it so do you go and chappy's hotel room door <laughs> no no do you know what I was doing I, I should have just ordered Hunter's a room service to his door <laughs> just honestly, ramp that bill up something rotten but um, so did no, you appeal
2: really you before it then Andy like, on the way
0: Oh no, no never, never spoke to us or nothing I, I remember going to the game honestly mate, fizzing absolutely fizzing uh, just a case of when the game started to help the boys but in, in my mind like absolutely fizzing I wasn't playing See, when you're sitting there as well, you're fizzing that you're not playing and then it ends up 5-1. Like, what's your
2: thought? What's going through your head on the bench watching that?
0: Uh, like, like I said, mate, Celtic were a different animal. That team they'd proved dramatically under Brendan Rodgers. So we knew it was a completely different test what it was the year before. But uh, again, Celtic came out firing, started really well, which is what we done in the semis. And uh, I think they went 2-0 pretty early. Joey Joe Garner scored, brought it back to 2-1. And then, see, for the sort of start of the second half, we started coming into the game. We started dominating for the sort of first 10, 15 minutes. Again, same to what the semi-final was against Celtic. I remember Barry McKay missing a great chance to make it 2-2. We I went one and one with Craig Gordon, sort of bent it around the, uh, the far post. But then, uh, Scott Sinclair makes it 3-1. So, again, it's like trying to get back into the game. Phil Senderos gets sent off. And then... Again, Mark Warburton's attitude, mate, was mere, well, what's it, 3-1, 6-1, you just want to go back to try and win the game. So we're 3-1 doing 10 men at kid, he goes 3 at the back, a 4, a 2 up front. Mm. Celtic were too good for that, mate, and they ended up, they ended up battering this 5-1, which I don't think Warburton maybe seen the, seen the sort of reaction of what that could do. So See if you lost 3-1 at Parkheed, you were doing it 10 men. No, you're gutted in that, but mm. it can happen. Now look when you're getting battered five one and you're you're trying to chase a win when it was you know it was it was away phase at that period in time. It was uh, it, it maybe not had a sort of knock on cardinal effect that on the manager had never really recovered from.
2: And then a few boys who spoke to said the dressing room after it was when they kinda of thought Mark Warburton's could be away here, and it's like he's losing the dressing room a wee bit. Would you go along with that? It wasn't
0: even like, I don't know if I'm just he's just mad ass or I I'm not saying mad about him but <laughs> I mean, there was definitely another case, and I felt it was if like we lost the dressing room. But, uh, there, like, I remember, obviously, the Monday training, we well, were all just fighting. Honestly, the, all the players were just fighting and training. We were all just smashing each other and training. But, like, in a stupid way, we were loving it at the same time because the, the competitiveness, the, that sort of edge, had, never, had it wasn't really there. And it was, like, like, it just showed that we cared. It showed we were all raging. It was just... Sometimes you need that as a squad to, that, that blows to come together to get it all out in the open to go again. And uh, obviously that was the case, as you know, after the game with me and Joey. But there's been so much reported about the me and Joey hangmate. See, see what happened with me and Joey. It's something that you've you've seen a thousand times, I've seen a thousand times on a training pitch. What it then led to is nothing that I could ever have predicted because my relationship with Joey as well was superb in the period he was there. Like, we, we used to go play golf together. We were dead parley. We used to... We used to argue all the time, but it was just because we like our personalities were similar. It was just like, they used to tell me Tam Miller was the best player in the world. How can you argue with something like that? Do you know what I mean? That was just the type of guy he was. If you said black, he's saying white. Do you know what I mean? So you should just argue that way. But we got along really well. So I was gutted in the fact that I ended up losing him as a teammate and then losing Warburton as a manager. Do you know But it's true that it all started because Josh Winda shot him to as well for a minute. Aye, so uh, as jo- I think it Josh just told you the story. <laughs> I, uh, so basically, like I said, we were just going about smashing each other. It was competitive. The edge was high. Josh was in my team and Joey just kept smashing Josh. So I said to Josh, I shouted Josh, next time fucking smash him back, basically. So uh, Joey was like, is that right? Well, we'll see when you get the ball. So I, I, I was just saying, well, come on then. So it was one of the ones, if I get the ball, I'm keeping a holiday, trying to get me smash me. He's smashing me and then he's getting, I'm smashing him. So then after training, it comes to like the miniest of blows, no punches or nothing, it's just one of them as soon as you go together it's split up. And then I'll never forget, see as soon as it happened. But I walked into the changing room, Joey was already waiting for me and we both had the biggest hug and said, like, Finally that's like how the training went. Like with that, like we needed that, do you know what I mean? And then we were on the phone that night, you know, like I remember like I remember it clear as day. But then uh, obviously what's transpired that something's happened obviously Joey and the gaffers had a meeting how that's transpired obviously ended up how it did which obviously I can't comment for because I wasn't in the office but I couldn't foresee for what happened that Joey was going to be suspended for the football club could he be funny Joey Batten You got a good bat aye, 100%, mate, 100% like again it was like you used to have football debates with, with Kenny and Waldo because you loved football he was the same but he just used to annoy people mate it's like I say about Tam i being the best player in the world. Like he just, he, he must have just said that annoy people. And again, jo- you know what Josh Windass like loves all of like look, Neymar, loves Neymar, Neymar's the best. Joey used to just say to him, mate Neymar's terrible, like terrible. <laughs> yeah, tricky's brilliant, but it's just the way he was, mate. When did you hear that Warburton was gone? I, I can't remember exactly when, but I, I remember I was in the hush and I seen it at Sky Sports News, and that was literally the first time. We'd all found out, and again, it was on the group chat. But mate, everybody, our, our squad loved Warburton. Like, he brought most of his in. We loved the way we played. Like, him and, De- and, and David Weir as well, mate. It's one of the biggest gentlemen in football. Like, loved working with him. I used to do like one to one analysis stuff with him all the time. Had a great relationship with him as well. Again, still speak to him. Um, so, didn't really wanted to see him leave, and we all found out under Sky Sports Shoes. And I remember it's was just our text and WhatsApp, like, what's happened to you? And uh, you know you hear reports. I he was talking to other clubs and whatnot, but we never really, we never really know what the truth was. But I gutted to see him go. Did you get a phone call? Did you speak to him after he left? No, actually, I think I was the same as a lot of boys in the teams. When we heard the news, we just texted him, and uh, I had sent him a message, but he soon phoned me after he received my message, and was just sort a mutual conversation. But I thanked him, and he thanked me for for all the work down the line. I was just wishing him all the best.
2: You'll enjoy QPR next year, young man.
0: <laughs> so hopefully. <laughs>
2: oh, i so. you? you would yeah. that? Wow. Uh, right, Graham. Money comes in me. I just want to ask you. I never put in the question. Sorry, I totally forgot. But what happened when you came? When when he took t- t- you off?
0: When he take me off? Uh, like, again, mate. Like, I've always been my biggest critic. Uh, that Celtic game going into the semis. That was the first time I'd started a game in about six seven weeks. Nothing um, worse, mate. There is nothing worse than that. Eh? Not in but at the same time, buzzing. It, it's an old firm that, like, I'm going in to play it, but at the same time, it's obviously it's a call into But buzzing, I'm playing. Uh, but again, was they playing well? But none of us were playing well. And uh, listen, the, the fact of the matter is, I felt, and I'm, I'm sure everybody would agree, was if you felt as if you had to make a sub, you could have waited four minutes and done it half time. Because being the local boy, being the Rangers fan, you know how it's going to be with the press and what the reaction it's going to get for Celtic fans or whatnot. So, obviously, again, at raging, but if we could have made eight subs that day, we'd have probably made eight, because Celtic battered us and, and we were poor, but again, felt as if I, I was made a scapegoat a wee bit on the occasion, because you know, I was just backing the team, but if you were going to make the sub, you could have waited four minutes, but... Did uh, you explain I why he explain
2: to you why that? Did he
0: explain to you why he took you off four minutes ago after? You? No, mate, no, he never... Uh, I think, like, like I said, I've always been wanting to talk to the managers after things and get that was one where I just couldn't. Because, see, to be honest, like, I don't think I'll ever forgive him for doing that. Do you know what I mean? But at the same time, as well it, is what it is. I've still had a relationship with him since. Uh, still, obviously, we still with the youth players at Rangers, and I try and help the youth players, and I've, I've spoken to him on a couple of occasions. But, but like, everyone took like that. That day, mate, was obviously hard for myself. Hard because we lost the game against Celtic. But genuinely, mate, for the bottom of my heart, the biggest thing I took away for that game was I lost two of my best teammates and two of my good footmates in football on that day because that was effective for the end of Kenny and Waldo's Rangers career and the way that that was the, f- the way it ended that hurt me every bit as much as my own personal agenda
2: and I've spoke to obviously Kenny on but to what he says there's no way that it should have been the end of the Rangers career based on what happened
0: no no again similar to the Joey situation was it's stuff that you see every single day in football every week in football emotions are running high after you've lost your rivals and that's it there were words said, there was no fights, no punches thrown. And I would never have thought that that was going to lead to the two of them, uh, you know, losing their Rangers career. And that, that hurt me the mess because it was two good players, two brilliant team, teammates and two brilliant guys.
2: See, just on something you said there, I want to touch on it. See, when you said about being like the local boy and the Rangers fan, do you think that's, over your, the course of your Rangers career, do you think that's helped you or hindered you?
0: Uh, that's probably an ongoing debate with everyone. Everyone will say it helps you. I grew up mate, with people saying Barry Ferguson wasn't a good player. I grew up with people criticising Ali McCoy because he would miss four chances a game but score two. So, maybe I'm being biased but I was always say it hinders you. But at the same time, I, I was lucky to have a play 152 times for the football club. I was lucky to go on and, and achieve the dream I always wanted today. So, I'm saying hinders me. I was still extremely lucky but I, I personally don't think it helps you. I, I, I've seen occasions where it works both ways but yeah. It, 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 I don't want to go in too much but I'm disrespecting other people because that's not what I want to do but yeah. um, you know, Borna had an unbelievable season last year like he was very good but the year before he struggled but never really got the criticism I got if I struggled yeah. and that's no making excuses because Borna he's Croatian left back do you know what I mean he's obviously got, got excellent ability and the, the year he went last year you know he, he deserved to play he deserved to stay in that team and, and uh, you know go on and get linked with the clubs he has and, and, and obviously continue his career but I just mean, like, if maybe if I had a Croatian passport or a Italian passport or a Spanish passport, when I wasn't playing well, would I got the same criticism? I don't know.
2: A bit me Olivia. Huh? Actually, I've said on a podcast, mate. I felt sorry for you. Like, you wouldn't play for like six weeks, then you get chucked in at left back. Like, what what's it's in your position? What are people expecting?
0: Uh it, was, uh it was it was merely the case. uh it was. a uh, I'd been playing so well for such a long period of time. I was being so consistent, and then I I, I was so inconsistent for a period of time that I was coming back in, mate. And I've always, there was games where see if I felt as if I played really well but we drew one each, I'd get criticised. Which is, which is the nature of the beast. If you've no won, you should get criticised. But it was just, I had that stigma where people maybe like not they forgiving me for all the mistakes and the inconsistency that I had. So I had that stigma that maybe I just wasn't good enough and my Rangers team was up basically. So I had to win you know, that maybe minority or majority, whatever it looks like. I had to win that minority uh, over when I it down the line when Stephen Gerrard was a manager. I need to ask, what is your favourite position? I, it would always be further forward, mate, because I've always, like I said, for my full youth career, into my Livingston days to my early Middlesbrough days, mate, I, I was a goal scorer, that was my game. So, uh, I couldn't sit and say that left-back's my, fav, my, my favourite position. Although, I do, I do enjoy playing there and an attack. See, at Rangers, when you're playing left-back and you're, you're dominating teams, you can get forward all the time. It's different to if I was on the opposite side of the spectrum and I was playing for a team that was getting battered and defending crosses and like, he, done, he does it at the back post and all that, you wouldn't get the best out of me so I would always say it was further forward in the pitch where it was maybe a boxy box midfield or whatever.
2: Haven't seen your misses I'm disappointed you took that as a football question but next one we'll go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pedro Coutinho mate again few boys that have heard on spoke said they were a bit miffed when they heard that Pedro was getting the job are you the same?
0: Ah uh, It's like, I just said it there, mate, like, I'll always be honest, but I'll always try and be respectful to people in football, because I know what it's like, I know it's hard, people have worked with but I'm trying to be honest and say that I felt for very, very early he just wasn't the right man for the job. And uh, Why is that? Based on what? He just never had any grasp of Scottish football, mate, or, or what it was like to be at Rangers, um... I've heard people talking about it before and it was spot on. We would do, de- for example, if we were playing Motherwell next week or Kilmarnock or Sunday on a Saturday, we would do de- analysis on Kilmarnock coming to Ibrox and they'd watch clips of how they're playing against Motherwell, how how they're battering them, you know, passages of play and say, like, hey, this is what we're doing to combat it, but we know fine well. Kilmarnock, Motherwell, con- they're not coming to Ibrox or Parkhead to play like that. They're coming to sit in, try and stifle you, frustrate you to get a point. So... Everything we worked on all week, because it was all week, by the way, we, nothing in training was competitive. There was no small-sided games. Everything was shaped for the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And, mate, do you know what you said? Drive me mental. He would have his team picked on the Monday. Like, how can you have that? He's starting to live for the Saturday. Be, pick, be picked on the Monday, and it would be shaped all the way through. So, wait, sorry, mate, to interrupt you, but you could be in the team on a Monday, have a shocker all week in training. And, and, you'd, and you'd be in the team. I mean, there may maybe it would be the odd c- occasion if you get into the he you'd pick his team on a Monday. So, again, there was just no grasping what it was like at Rangers. It was just obviously different to where they play before. And he'd be showing you, you know, he would actually show you clips of his previous team and guitar how they'd play. And, you know, that's just how we, that's how we play. Look, we're playing Shavi's team. Look how we're playing in that, mate. They were losing 3 <laughs> 0. I was like, come come to Rangers, play like that and lose 3 0 and see what happens. Do you know what I mean? So, you'd so you be a Rangers fan. Would you never go like Gaffer? it's not going to be like that? I, I did mate and that's the reason I I, I was not there six months later so uh, the relationship between me and him turned sober pretty quickly um, my career under him was never going to continue uh, so, and I think I think it sort, sort of went that way towards a lot I, you know. eventually went that way towards you know, Kenny Miller uh, you know he had disagreements with, he he had a, he had an ego and a manager which I think everybody did but you know, if, if you're a manager going into a new player and you've got big characters in the dressing room, these are probably the players you want to lean on to try and help other players. And, and get, he, he actually went for the bigger characters. That was his way I trying to get respect for everybody else. And it, like, I just don't think it was the right way to go about it, basically. and so, I, it, His relationship with me went sour pretty quickly. And what was that over? You saying, like, that's not what's going to happen here? Basically, just I, like, we were used to... We've spoken about it before, me, Kenny and Waldo, and, and people like that were... For, for three years at Warburton, we were all player-policed, uh, where you could go to the manager's door, talk to him, and uh, in meetings you could you could put your hand up, you could talk and, and question that, and say what about this and that, and how actual football debates, football chats. Under that, that was not accepted under him, and maybe that was my fault because I, I should have realised that that's not what he wanted, but we were just so used to it that's what we'd done. So, uh, like again, if we well, were maybe setting up, for example, against like. Celtic and they would say right this is what they're going to do three at the back look for their goal I'd be like, yeah, they, don't, they don't play three at the back that didn't go doing well do you know what I mean yeah. so uh, there, was, uh, there was loads of, obviously the language bad and that didn't help but, mate, I remember we played Kilmarnock at Rugby Park right well done now now you know what it was like it happened, mate we were, I've talked about me getting subbed in the first half against Celtic this guy used to make subs at half time every week so I remember we played Kilmarnock at Rugby Park No, no, played it. Ter- the game was terrible we were playing shit. And uh, he's got the flip chart and he's right in the team, right? She's the writing uh, right in the start uh, the, the eleven for the second half, right? You used to get people's names rang all the time. All the time. So honestly, you need to ask people about this because we talk about it all the time. Left wing, there was a name Robbie, right? <laughs> Mate, we're looking about we don't have a Robbie in the team. So we're looking about so he's obviously making changes at half-time, which we know, right? We're looking about Robbie, Robbie left wing, right? So, I, oh my God, we've no go to Robbie. He, he's got the wrong name. So, so I'm hiking. I, I was the captain for the game. This was like two, three games into his tenure, like when the relationship wasn't that bad. So, I was, I'm going to say something, like, because it's embarrassing. Obviously, it's not really his fault. It's bad or Maybe it's not everybody's names. But I was like, after like five minutes, I was like, Gaffer, who's, who's Robbie? She's so like, ah, Robbie! Just pointed to Barry McGarry. <laughs> Robbie! Robbie, left wing! Uh, and Barry McKay, like, monotone. I'm Barry. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh no. So it's uh, oh, horrendous one. And we, uh, another one, half time sub. We played Motherwell. Ibrooks, mate, he sub three defenders at, at half time. Well, 1 now down for three midfielders. So we went three at the back. Me, left centre half, Michael Harlan, right centre half, <laughs> and Rob Kiernan. I think it was Rob, Rob Kiernan, I centre half. <laughs> Mate, honestly, mental, just absolute screwball. So, when, when, when did
2: the time come that he says to you, you're done here?
0: Oh, so, uh, after that, it was always a case of what he'd he, he of me. I was never playing. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was one of them, but was, me and Banny Mackay, he, he ended up proper falling out with his one of them. He was trying to get us to team the youth team and coming at six o'clock in the morning and, and whatnot and all that. But, see, but, mate, I would never rise to it. Because, you honestly, see, from my perspective, I knew I was going to be at Rangers way longer than he was. So I, I would never rise to it. I would do whatever he asked me to do. If I had to go in the summer, I always knew I was going alone. I wasn't even in a permanent because I, I didn't feel as if he was going to last much longer. So uh, it was just always that. For, for even for six, eight games to go towards the end of the season, they were just trying to work me out the door, him and Mark Allen. And me preparing for the next season, I knew I was going to be elsewhere.
2: How, was, uh, how were guys that he brought in? What was Penny like? Obviously, that used to put so much mousse in his hair. What was he like as a player? Was he decent?
0: Well, when he first signed, he obviously brought in quite a lot of foreign players and whatnot. But uh, I remember Kenny Miller telling me this story, man. It was tremendous. So he obviously pulled Kenny Miller in uh, at the time when he was acting Kenny, signing this player for Mexico. He's the Mexican Messi. He's, that, he's brilliant. Honestly, so. Top quality, but he's, he's a bit crazy, no? A bit crazy, you need to look after him. <laughs> mate, he was messy, all right? Like, this guy was the, he, he was like, he was the, the modern alcoholic, mate. Like, <laughs> he would just come in, stinking a baby all the time. or oh, stinking it. I never really had, uh, I, for the time he came in, I was only there for maybe a month. But honestly, he was just always stinking a booze. Definitely never seen him as a Mexican Messi, to be fair, <laughs> in terms of like training and that, but
1: I, I wasn't really waiting well for that long,
0: but he was just always thinking about his me. Who would he go with it? Just on he's in? I mean, don't want to stitch people up in that part. <laughs> Josh say we'll just say Josh Windas. Aye, well, I, obviously his best pals at the time was like, or oh, just the sort of Mexican ones, but it was like, and the ones that spoke Portuguese and whatnot, so it was like him, Candace, Buffalo, Herrera, but I know that he did he had like a Spanish pal. I don't know if he was Faye Glasgow or whatnot, and he had like a mad taxi driver pal. And the taxi I taxi driver pal done everything for him. So I don't know who he used to go up there, but it generally could have been a case of twenty bottles of corona in his house because he would come in stinking all the time, mate. But i tell you what though, honestly, proper good guy. Like and I know it's one of the ones, like see if see as I get older, like and I'm I'm, titty, I'm a bit more like serious and early, see if somebody was doing that now. I would hate them, mate, honestly. But I get, get a grip, like, they're playing for the Rangers, you're playing for a big club, like, you sort yourself out. But he was that nice, like, it was so hard to hate him, do you know what I mean? Mm. But at the same time, you were just like, which hands what, you got? It?
2: What did he put in his hair
0: after a shower? Oh, Vaseline, I think, mate. I don't know, but <laughs> that, that was <laughs> wet look, all wet. Pulled in the corona, he's done it. Olive oil everywhere, mate. It's, uh, it was the greasiest <laughs> hair in the world, but <laughs> right aye, I, was, I was at the door.
2: Have you think was a weird move? You end up in Azerbaijan. man. Like, I've been sent to Siberia by managers, but Azerbaijan's taking the first uh-huh.
0: man. <laughs> How did that come about? Well, I get, like I said to me, obviously we were just trying to walk me out the door, walk me out the door. But Pedro had always made it clear that if I was leaving, they want the club want my full wages covered, which to me, if I was helping the club back, I couldn't care less. Like fair enough. And uh, there wasn't really any club that were, there was clubs in England that weren't really willing to pay my full wages, they were like 78%, so they were negotiating with Rangers, wouldn't happen, it would break down. So in the end, I was going to go to a club in Turkey, and they began me like a G or something, so I was going to this club in Turkey basically, right, and uh, Rangers had said to me, right, you've got three, four days after, because I wasn't training with the first team of that anyway, so uh, you've got three, four days after, you can go away on holiday. So uh, my missus was working, I had pals that were all working and that. So it was literally just me and my mate Andy went to Barcelona for four days. So I was like, ah, I'm just having, I'm going, having a baby for four days, getting my head right and then going to Turkey. So I remember we'd been out the night before, we woke up in the hotel room, we're dying of a hangover. And so I was sitting in bed, put a telly on, and the, the Azerbaijan Grand Prix was on, right? <laughs> this is God's honest truth, mate. Azerbaijan Grand Prix was on in back. I've never heard of Baku in my life. I got a phone call from my agent. He's like, listen, there's a team in Azerbaijan that want to sign you. the the they're in the Europa League. I was like, Azerbaijan? Like, what? Is that like, Where, where's that in Is that Baku? I was like, no way. I was like, I'm in this hotel watching the Grand Prix. Baku Grand Prix. And honestly, mate, it looked a joke. Like, see if you watch nice the Grand Prix. Dinner. Mate, looks at Dubai. Looked a joke. Soon found out. It didn't look <laughs> a joke, but. Uh, so, I, I was like, Azerbaijan, man. I was like, Turkey's got good players. It's like, Obviously, so there's a good reputation and whatnot, good crowds, good stadiums, but support. Like I think this team in Turkey well near the boat in the league. They were getting, like, well, weren't they great. But this team in Azerbaijan were in Europa League. So, seeing hindsight, obviously looking for the outside, outside in, me, it's the strangest move in the world. But I don't regret my decision to do it. I, I'd never played European football before. Uh, it, it was obviously going to be a new experience for me. Like I said, I always felt that I was going to outlast Pedro. So I always felt as if I was going to be back at Rangers. So I took the chance to go there and. Like I've said it before I immediately regretted it but I'd, I'd, uh, I'd already took the plunge How come was
2: there weird stuff happening? Well
0: do you do you, do you know my agent no? Aldo Aldo Scotty, Scotty's agent i met him a couple of
2: times uh-huh.
0: you can ask Aldo That's how quickly it was before I phoned him and said get me back so uh, I had signed and it was I hadn't played any pre-season friendlies and that was quite, quite late in the window when I signed and we played this uh, Polish team Jagalonia at home in Europa League so we drew one each, but Gabala the year before they got to the group stages Europa Europe League, right? So I'm thinking these must be decent, like they must be all right. Uh, so we go to the we go to the first round of Europe. I played post, and drew one each. So, Not a great result. Seb and Sheridan played up front for them. He was starting what, for them. What absolutely hopeless. Beautiful, though. Beautiful Barnett. I mean, absolutely. So one, well, it's not a good result. Go away to Poland, win two zero, right, mate? After the changing room, president's talking. He's talking all tight, obviously. He's talking their language, you No, know, I can't understand it. But none of them. None of the players spoke English, mate. None of them except for two Dutch boys they had. So what it was like was it was basically there was maybe twenty five, twenty six squad players. There was maybe thirteen foreigners, then thirteen for Azerbaijan. So it was like half and half. But like it was all like French. It was like two French, but the rest were all like Russian, Ukrainian, where they all spoke. Cause like Azerbaijan, they all spoke Russian, right? So it was. Uh, so they all spoke their own. But it was two Dutch boys. They both spoke English. So again, the presidents came in first round. You uh, know, buzzing with one talking and hanging. All the players are like, wait, wait, so like, what's going on? So the translator's are like to me, oh, you all get twelve thousand for for the game. So I'm like, what? Mate, see, like, uh, see, I've never really had a win bonus at any football club. <laughs> what do you mean? So the Monday, ten Monday, Brown envelope mate, twelve thousand cash. First, first round of Europe League. Could you believe it? Right. So I was like, no way. As oh, I sorry, a, twelve thousand British pounds. No, uh, US dollars they paid in. Right, twelve wow. thousand US dollars, right? But see over there, mate. Like, I, I don't know for a fact, but I think like all the, the foreign players earned uh, quite a lot of money, but all the local players really never earned much. The the big money was the bonuses, right. which was a shame for them. Because, like, but obviously that. They'd get a lot of money for a bonus in that sort of thing. well so it made a lot to well, them who, 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 that. Gives a, who gives a fuck about them but you're getting 12 grand exactly mate just give me my money so <laughs> I, I, we get to go to 12,000 for the first round right second thousand Panath and Icos I'm mean, like wonder how much we're getting here so the totals beforehand 25,000 if we beat Panath Icos in the first round in uh, the second round of Europa I said no way so uh, we lost the first leg over there 1-0 which I thought was a decent result because they, they were a decent team at that time. They actually, they finished second behind Olympiakos in the league. So going back to the, the home leg, the manager who never spoke English called me and like four of the new foreign signings in. So the, the Maga Maga, who was the the, tra- the English translator, absolute legendary guy man. So he was in there on the meeting ways and he was a man just talking he's like ah, This game huge game for yous, huge game for yous. You know this is your only chance to play for this team. So he said stuff like that. I was like, obviously lost in translation, lost in translation. She's like, if you don't play, obviously you just train, it's hard for you. I was like, he said that again, that he must be lost in translation. So I, I, I said to Maga, Maga, what are you talking about here? He's like, well, obviously with the, the league policy, with Azerbaijan players. And I was like, no, no, I don't know league policy. So me and the two Dutch boys are like, we'll So in Azerbaijan league, six of the starting, six of the starting living have to be for Azerbaijan. And two oh, was it one one or two of the starting eleven have to be under twenty-one. Mate, we had thirteen foreign players. Two year your <laughs> go- Mate, I'm spitting oil oh, on yeah, my laptop, what's happening? So uh, two two of your goalies <laughs> are foreign. All your centre halves were foreign, all of your strikers were foreign. So I'm looking about hitting If we don't win this game against Panathinaikos, I am not playing a game here. I am not playing one game. The two Dutch boys were the exact same. I phoned Aldo after that meeting, before the second leg of Panathinaikos didn't even happened. So regardless of the 25,000 bonus, whatever we're getting, I phoned Aldo and says, you have to get me out of here. Have to get me out. And for, to be fair, for the next like week or two, they were trying to get me out. And then I ended up speaking to the president, the football club, and the president was like, why do you not think you'll play? Why do you not think you'll play? You're, you're a good player. You're, you're a big player for us. You, you played all the Europa games. I was like, because if I play, you just need to sign an Azerbaijan goalie you need to sign an Azerbaijan striker like there's positions where there's no foreign players I'm not going to play eventually just couldn't get out so I played for Gabala I'd, I'd never played one league game I started I think it was four European games in every domestic cup game because you see the Azerbaijan rule it wasn't in the cup but I was lucky in the respect that they could have as many they, they could have 12 subs on the bench in the league 12 subs on the bench in the cup or whatever so the cup rule didn't they work. Uh, sorry, the Azerbaijan local rule didn't they work for the cup. So I started all A games, got the A bonuses, but I could still make the bench for all the league, the, games. The league games and got all A bonuses. So, but uh, I re- regretted it straight away. Mate. Like just uh, the professionalism within the club, but like, it was no training ground. No, like it was just it just wasn't it. Obviously, you're coming for a big club, but it was it was so different. Did you get a 25 grand? No, we could beat mate we, we actually we we, we went one nil up. With 10 minutes to go, so we were like one each, we were all gone mental, we hey, were winning this, and uh, I think they scored with about 4 or 5 minutes to go or something like that, it was dream over mate, it was not...
2: Bastard,
0: mate, no, no bad I couldn't believe it mate, honestly, I couldn't believe it, I would never really earned any win bonuses in my career, No, nah. uh, like I said, 65 quid a week at Levy, I ended up wearing 3 times my year wage in a 1 game bonus.
2: See when you were over there, were you still keeping in
0: touch with the boys like were you Robbie, and that? Were you still speaking to Robbie? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, we Robbie, ended up going to Nottingham Forest with Warburton at the time and changed his name back to Barry McKay once he signed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I would still, I still keep in touch with the boys at my arm. Obviously, like see, like I said, mate, I never felt it was going to work under pedal, but I would never, I never wanted the club to fail. I still had all my mates there. Why did the club to be successful? And Adam, see when we beat Jagalonia in the first round of Europa, I was on the bus on the way back watching progress on my phone, gutted as if I'd played for it when the, when the boys lost, even though it was probably a big factor if Pedro ended up losing his job. Yeah. I'm still gutted for, for everybody when they end up losing that game. And uh, I was still keeping touch with the boys. I used to try and watch as many games as possible when I was over there, it, but it was, it was difficult. So see, as soon as Pedro got sacked, Andy, did you try and get back straight away? as soon as Pedro got sacked, I got a phone call, it was roughly about, maybe November time, or something like that, and it was obviously, Mertz was going to take caretaker, and uh, they were willing to take me back in January, so see for that point mate, like I'm not proud of saying it, because I've never been one to do this, like, but I just chucked it when I was over there, I just said I was injured, I was risking nothing, to come back to Rangers, no fit, injured or whatever, so uh, I, I just basically, I was injured for the last sort of six, eight weeks, and like I said, I'm not proud of doing it, but, I, I try to be selfish in the fact that when I go to back to Rangers I was I I as fit as possible.
2: And then uh, the winter break to Florida mate, that seemed like a, a massive turning point in that season. Um, how, what, what was it in Florida that, that turned it around? Was it the characters like Cummins in the squad?
0: dog, oh, Is he funny mate? Uh-huh. Oh, unreal man. What a guy. But To uh, be fair mate come, come dog. I'd I've, I've known him before he'd signed with Rangers and I'd say he'd probably say himself, it's probably the best he's behaved in his career. While he was at Rangers. I don't know if he just felt he's sail like obviously he was only the real on loan at the time. Maybe he felt as if he couldn't get away with some of the stuff and but I honestly unreal guy. He's uh he, do you know what he thinks Lance Armstrong's the first man in the moon? <laughs> he he thought Lance Armstrong was the first man in the moon. So that summed him up. So we'll move on. But I like that, that Florida tip was unreal, mate, It would be like training in that UMG Academy, unbelievable facilities. We played Corinthians and uh, Sao Paulo or something like that and like good MLS stadiums where there was like 8,000 Rangers fans over there. Wow. And see after the games and it was a tournament, there was big fans and all that and uh, after training, class class 10 or whatever, mate, they allowed us to go to Universal during the day. So we were like training, got to the theme parks, like gone on a rides or whatever, playing games and then see once your two games are over, we're allowed to get like, a night out and that. But mate, it was so rough over there. It was so rough. Florida, mate, so rough. It was like Tampa, Tampa, Florida, and it was rough as anything. I remember me, Tav, Wes, and Josh, because what it was was it was we weren't in a hotel, we were on villas, like villas around the training academy. Right. So it was just for in the one villa. So we were allowed to go for a drink. We went to like a. It was just like a, you know, like one of the wing spots, like Buffalo Wings or whatever it was. But honestly, mate, it was in the absolute ghetto. And <laughs> I, I can't remember Wes telling a story, right? But it was literally this guy. He was just walking about the streets with a bottle in his hand and he just started skipping across the street, swinging his bottle and Wes bricked at me. Honestly, Wes <laughs> shat his self. And uh, He was basically where are you guys from. But see, to be fair, I was thinking the same, like, this is dodgy, man. Is this guy going to smash us the other head with a bottle of yeah. And uh, we were just like, oh, we're no from here and that. Like, let's get to. So I think up, we all shat it, we went and it, just got to newsagents, got a carry went back to villa. Yeah, it wasn't uh, Apollo Tim, was it? That- <laughs> <laughs> hey, honestly. I Paulo an American accent, just like this message is getting it. and is <laughs> uh, right, mate.
2: Steven Gerrard's appointed as a Rangers manager. Remember where you are and how buzzing you were
0: when you heard the news? Actually, again it was just a similar case. I think this time I was on holiday and uh, obviously.
2: Dubai? Get- Everyone seems to be in Dubai when he was get- when they found out he was getting appointed. You the same?
0: No, I don't think so, mate. I I, I, I think I'd, I'd have probably been somewhere in America, more than likely. So, uh, I, I think I went to LA that summer. I think it was LA I was in. And, um, I, I'm a a classmate now. You know what I mean? <laughs> I live in the West End and that I'm not like them. <laughs> No, I so I, I was in LA, found out Gerald was getting a job, obviously. Buzzing big name appointment and that. But see, at the same time, mate, I th- again, I thought my career was finished at Rangers because... Because, like I said, it was sort of Mark Allen, Pedro Kitts Sr. They're trying to work to get me out of the door. Mark Allen still stayed, even though Pedro went. So, I think he was still, like, he was still under the demeanour that I was a bad egg under Pedro and, and whatnot. So, I think that sort of filtered back to and uh, It's something that we've obviously, me and him, have spoke about since, and he and, and he's since talked about that that was the case. So, I, I was under the impression that I was going to go there. and I, Maybe my time was up at Rangers, but... Like I've always done, mate, I was keeping myself fit, going back to a 100%, no, you know, do the right thing and, and, and be a good teammate. still try and help the boys every single day. And uh, I remember Gerard pulling me in. And he was, so we had trained basically for, it was like four days, it was like two days of testing, two days of training, and then we were going to Marbella for a pre-season trip. So uh, Gerard pulled me in, and he's like, by the way, you're no scheduled to go to Marbella on Thursday. So I was thinking, "Nah." well that's me done then you know what I mean if you're, see, if you don't, see if you're not going to the pre-season trip as a member of the squad you're finished he's that but it was because when I came into this football club here's the list I got show me a piece of paper so it was all the players names it was like ticks, ticks, ticks crosses question marks so mine just had a cross through it. and he's like when I came to this football club I, I get to tell that you were, you were a bad character around the dressing room like obviously a relationship with the previous manager and, and whatnot he's like I've not seen this in the first two or four days like so what's what's happening here? Is that well, what you've seen the first two or four days is me. As I, I I had a disagreement with the, the previous manager that I felt as if never really warranted the big the, like, argument that we ended up having. Our uh, relationship really turned turn pretty sour for then, but i always give, I've always gave hundred percent of this football club. I've always tried to be a good teammates to my teammates and and stuff like that. And he said, well, listen, you're coming to Marbella with me. Uh, just keep up what you've done the first four days because I've liked what I've seen. And it was just a case of that, mate. When we went over to Marbella, just try to continue that and uh, trained well. Um, you know, played a couple of bounce games, was playing well in the bounce games, and he pulled me again when we came back from Marbella, and he says, uh, "You know, as long as I'm at this football club, you'll be a part of it." So, like, obviously, in the early phases, so it was brilliant to hear for that. But uh, I could see, honestly, I could see it early that it was going to be, a, it was going to be a good manager, because it was just like. I talked about like the way managers demand respect that. He just had that aura about him. Uh, and, and his coaches, like Mick Beal, one of the best I've worked under, like oh, tremendous coach. Yeah. early, I could see, obviously you could see early the ideas that they were trying to bring to the team, how they wanted to play. It was a bit of button, but at the same time, again, focusing on the defensive organisation, defensive strategy and stuff like that. But, Mate, I remember we, we uh, at the end of that Marbella trip, again, they allowed just have a drink, right? But I don't know if you've heard mate, Jellard's not a big like Disney like he's like have a lot of nights out. He like he's gone for team dinners and whatnot, but yeah. he's that listen, you can have a drink but you're not allowed to go into the square, you're not allowed to go into Marbella. That. You can sit and have a drink at a hotel. Like, ah, man, pff, terrible. But well, we just take advantage. So we're all we drinking that and uh and uh, it's one of the day ones where like you're on the squad so you're all singing like I'll sing like I'll sing a like Alfredo Morello song and then somebody will sing a Tab song, you Not know I mean, will go around. Uh, uh, then I, I think it was John Flanagan, mate, who was Stephen, he'd just started singing a Stephen Gerrard song with a Liverpool fan. Yeah. Oh, no. You know, oh, my God. Like, what? So, uh, <laughs> but, but the, gaff, mate, the gaffer's drunk, mate, right? So, the gaffer's drunk, and he's sitting at the edge of the bar. He's like, so he's getting drunk, and his eyes are gone, and that. So, she, when his name starts getting drunk, he just starts with that. Mo Salah! Mo oh, Salah! <laughs> That's chant of Liverpool so see, see, see that time, I was like, that's brilliant. though, do you know what I mean? Because you
2: need felt like him made,
0: didn't that, it? It, it was it like it like, was one of the guys. Like, like, even though he demands that respect, he's firm, he's fair. It he, he was. He, he sort of opened up as that team, and honestly, it was brilliant. Uh, obviously, went on to progress as oh, a better team that year.
2: I wanted to ask you because you made a lot about like um, Warburton would let the players have a say, whereas Pedro wouldn't. What type is Gerard? Is he one for asking players, and players look to give their opinion, or is it is it his way, or, or that's
0: it? He, he wouldn't allow it the same way as Warburton where So, if it, if something's happening, in a meeting, you can be the one that stops. You can talk about it, and everybody speaks about it. And that if he asks you something, you can speak no problem. Or if you if you ask him, he'll give you he'll give a response. But he's 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 very firm, but very fair, mm. uh, and that's probably the best way to describe him. Like, he's, but it is one thing with managers is is I just don't like dishonesty. If you if you I just, just be honest with your players. Are you part of the plans, and you—would you want? He's always—he's been point blank honest with me since day one, and I think that's why we've always had a good sort of relationship together. And uh, and that's basically that's always been the case. But in terms of sort of player policing, he would—I was the fine master at Rangers, so I, in terms of fines, I would deal with all the fines. But see if something big happened, he would deal with it. If, if there was like something that was was past sort of player policing, that he would always take care of that.
2: How much would you find yourself for that T-shirt?
0: Oh, that's prob- how much it cost me, probably, so i turn him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've, uh, I've heard that his standards and demands are, are so
0: high, eh? Aye, f- through the roof. But to be fair, that's good, though. Do you know what, what I mean? You know it? Rangers, Aye, man? it is. Mate, see, for the first day that he signed for the football club, I remember the first meeting where we had been at the back of a, a terrible season. We'd been put out of the Europa League first round, but X amount of points by Celtic, put out of both cups. See, for the first meeting, his first thing that he said is, right, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to qualify for the Europa League group stage. And, mate, we've just been beating the first round, and there's good teams in that Europa League group stage, so we were thinking, I want it as well. It's going to be a tough ask, but straight away, he set out his stalls. Yeah. And, mate, again, it was just everything we worked at, it, and it's like, the one thing I'll say about the way him and Mick operate, it's like, see, going into a football game, mate, it's so, so refreshing as a player, is going into any game, you know what's expected as you as a team, but as a player, you know what your role is. They know what you ex- they expect of you as a player to do well for the team and help the team they obviously play well towards the game and, and get a result. And that's what we've done so well, mate, in that European run. It's like we worked up, we worked on it like so meticulously at every single detail. And defensively, we well, were solid. And it just sort of st- it stood us in good stead, uh, obviously, at European level, for the next couple of years. And um no that mate, that, the, the, the night in Ufa mate, the, the night in Ufa as well will go down as one of my favourite games because it was like again it was like, to get the, the, the it was the last round to get the team into the group stages, make you up nine men for ten men for sixty minutes and nine men for 40 minutes. Like the effort we put into that game just to no concede a goal, that was it. We, we didn't even we never had a chance, we never did a corner. It was just it was like a training drill, mate, where you'd have eleven players just attacking my nine. And we Thank just couldn't concede for 60 minutes. And it was the most energy I've ever put into a game. But uh, I need to tell a story. So obviously the dis- disciplinary record under Gerald, we were a shambles. An absolute oh shambles. What Mate, honestly, yeah, I don't know. Cool game. I, but, I, but you're up for the game. I, you're up for the game. I don't know why we'll just not it back. But like, Alfredo was different because he's a nutcase. So like, <laughs> trying to control his temper was difficult. But he, obviously he was the first to get sent off. But he, mate, it was ridiculous. You got booked. But he got booked for a tackle I think it was and he was dating <laughs> ref the ref. I, well done well done walked away for the ref the ref's at like, oh, come, come here kept doing it sent off so we were like oh my god man uh, we're well, 1-0 up uh, I think well, we we won No, no. I think it was no, 0 at home so one up away we're Like, oh my god 60 minutes to go man one not? up he's been sent off so Gaffer comes in at half time mate Oren goes absolutely ballistic. Like ballistic. He was like, I'll deal with him after the game. He's at like, but no, he, see to be fair, he's dealt used a lot of troubles last year with the goals he scored. It's your turn to deal with him out. But I'll deal with him after the game what it's got to happen. But see one thing about the gaffer is, I mean, now, I can, now I'm i no there, I can speak about this. Yeah. I always felt like the gaffer was quite, par- see because your disciplinary record was that bad. I felt he was always paranoid if somebody was on a boot. Just think they're going to get sent off. Do you know what I mean? So, we're already doing 10 men. John Flanagan's booked writing. Flano's a crackpot, I know. He get Flannel's
1: booked
0: for singing book. that Gerrard song. <laughs> exactly. So, he's, he, he got booked for singing the Gerrard song.
1: <laughs>
0: so, I have time. I, I'll never forget. The gaffer was, uh, right, Do 10 men. Flano. you're on a boot in Flannel. I need the most professional 45 minutes of your career. Like, don't jump into 50-50s. Like, just stay in your feet and we'll be fine. Just don't get sent off. 48th minute. Elbow to the Heed, red card, nine men, mate, <laughs> honestly. And that was just the way he was in the record, was it at the time, mate? Like, just couldn't go right. So, like I said, 29 men for 30 minutes in the Europa League, and it was just, it was just literally crosses, heeding it out of the box. this half would just dribble to the 30 yards out for goal, put it out, right, cross, heed it out. It was mental, mate, honestly, mental.
2: See, uh, see, on Gerard, like, he seems like quite a calm guy, but see when you win a game like that, is he jumping up and down the dressing room and that? Does he get quite excited? <laughs>
0: Aye, he does. Aye. Well, I don't know if you've seen was like pictures after that game he where was he was like, him, and then he grabs me around the neck. That's right. And it was like, so he like, was like that in certain games, but for the majority of the time, he is like sort of calm and collected. But mate, see if seeing the flip side, see if it's not going well and something needs to be said, he's, he'll, he'll, he'll bring it down on you. Is he, would
2: he be the scariest manager you've heard, Jarrett? When he
0: goes. Oh, Gary Bowen at Liverpool. Oh, Gary Bowen, mate. Oh.
2: Yeah.
0: mate.
2: The thing is with Gary Bowen, too, come half
0: five mate he's both angry and hungry so that's why he's he cracks something. <laughs> exactly well mate so see when gary bollum was the manager at Lip, see if he was brilliant with me because i was getting linked with loads of clubs but i was only 16 but he was brilliant with me in terms of treating me like a man do you know what i mean yeah. but like i've told you i was i was so cheeky back then like when i look back at it now, i probably shouldn't get away with some of the stuff i did but we used to train in Living and there was a time where it was snowing dead bad so they brought us through to tory glen to train so I was out uh, buzzing, Tory Glen, 15 minutes from my house. We'll train Friday, prepare for the game next day. So uh, I've came through to live. Uh, sorry, I've came through to Tory Glen we're training. It was a Friday and it was the usual at, at training teams. Worst trainer, you vote for the worst trainer at the end of Friday sessions. I think my team lost training. And like I say that, if my team lost, I was just it. That was my way of showing that I'd wanted to win. I was a sole loser or whatnot. So my team lost, we're so doing uh, worst trainer. So like, a few votes for me, a few votes for somebody else, and that a few votes for somebody else. So basically, the losing team, we all had like three votes each, right? But the gaffer would always have the last say. So like, I said, I was always scared of Gary Bowen.
1: Yeah.
0: So he's like, right, my last vote, Andy Halliday. And I just went, are you with a jab, Baldy And see, mate, see, as soon as I said it, like, my arse just collapsed through the changing room floor at Tory Glen, mate. And like, honestly, I remember all the players just looked at me, and he was like, Baldy Bastard, aye, Baldy Bastard. But all right, I'm going to see you five minutes. So I'm 16, mate, I'm like, surely he can't he battle me. <laughs> he can't he battle me, I'm 16. you going to be hard spot, Gary, well, what I, I Oh, mate, I, and I, I was generally scared of him. So I was like, what, no, like he can't even be going to battle me here, I'm 16. So I walked out and he was like, Baldy Bassett, right, right, sound right. Uh, right, going in, going in the motor, like, drive through to Livy, drive through to Almondville. So honestly, see that drive, he, he literally purposely didn't tell me the at Tory Glen, so I would just sweat the full drive through. So I was, uh, it was one of the boys, Mark Torrens. Eh, sorry, no, it was Keegan Jacobs. Keegan Jacobs it was diving me back to I mean, I was just sitting in the motor. And the, like, the boys were like, ah, what are you doing, man? They were all texting me like, ah, are you serious? Like, what are you doing? But I remember Bobby Barr. I remember Bobby Barr texting me like, ah, that was unreal. That was unreal. That was, that doggy
1: uh,
0: I, I was so nervous. But uh, when I got there, I, I kept thinking, oh, I'm getting released. Like, ah, it's me, I'm getting released. But when I got through there, it was like, ah, right, put your training kit on, you're cleaning or the Stadium. So I was like, bucket water, just cleaning the full stand or the seats. But see, I was buzzing, mate, because I thought yeah. I was getting released. Uh, they used to do stuff at you all the time back then, mate. Like, quarter, like I said, quarter past seven bus, and they would literally keep you to the half. They knew the last bus for Livvy to Glasgow was half five. So yeah. they would keep you to 20 minutes past five just to make you sprint up the stairs at Livy up to MacArthur Glen. So. Love right. that. Love see
1: that.
0: that. Like Good
2: manager, I like him. Um, Right, just the last wee bit, mate, um, obviously the 1-0 no victory over Selick, uh just after Christmas. be honest, did
0: you, did you think we were going to win the league? Uh, I felt as if we were, we were a lot better than the year before and I, I felt as if Celtic weren't as good as they were. So I felt as if the gap was going to be a lot closer. And uh, going into that game, again, we were in a good place, they were in a good place. I felt as if if we were at our best, we'd win the game. And... Uh, I think that, that, was a, that was a big game for me obviously being off the back of the game like you, like you talked about obviously getting subbed in the first half of the game the year before Getting a lot of criticism for, for not just like uh, other fans but Rangers fans as well and uh, like I felt as if under Gerrard was like my sort of redemption it was sort like of my second chance and I think under Gerrard it probably wasn't in my best form under my period at Rangers but it was my most consistent when I played left back I was a, I was basically just like a 6 or 7 out of 10 every week I wasn't really letting anyone do and I was playing well but there was games that I'd done really well so I think I was really consistent, and I think that it sort of allowed me to win over that sort of the sort of not minority or majority of Rangers fans that uh, wanted me out the year before. And I think it, no, that game obviously helped towards that because uh, it was the first time we beat Celtic for quite like, some amount of years in the league. The Ibrox and managed to play well in the day, so it was uh, it was a big game for me. And uh,
2: um, why do you think it went wrong after Christmas two years running? What you doing over in Dubai, man?
0: honestly mate I don't know it must be a the suit, man I don't know but we, the thing is we don't get any nights out and then we don't get a Christmas night out because it's a European game so literally we just get when we go on a mid-season trip like I said it, it, Gerard's no big on uh, night suit. you literally just have two days drinking so it's no easy if you are gone out and doing mental stuff and all that yeah. so uh, honestly mate I get, it's it's just a million dollar question that you just kind of put your finger on it's just because we're, we're, we're out there we're training hard we're training well we're coming back but it's not even just the results, mate. It's the way we're playing. We're playing ahead. It's the form. That it's just like. we This season, we're, we're flying, obviously, we beat Celtic at the, the game of December, whatnot. Mid season camp, we came back, we played Stranraer in the Cup. Maybe we were terrible, honestly. Mm. Like, you you couldn't have to, told to was Rangers, who so was Stranraer in the day. Like, We were so poor. And then going into I think we the next week again, really poor. It was a. Uh, I it was just. So again, disciplinary record didn't help. Like some of the asshole again, and it was like it was, it was again that was this points as well. But I couldn't really put my finger on one thing because our form in general just wasn't good enough.
2: Just need to ask you about Morelos, mate. He said he's crazy. Like, is he like that every single day,
0: mate? He's a, he's brilliant though. Like he's just like a win. If you like you need to look after. And He's like, mate. He's keep like, laughing in the terms that like it's just when you know you know you, as us well me I know when to carry on I know when to be serious they're just 24-7 carry on Cummins the same Alfredo's the same but he's the same we won't speak English you can't even tell him when to stop uh, like stop carrying on or whatnot but some of the red cards used to get me just meant like so stupid and it's like but like, you would come in and you're like ah, what happened you were like ah red cards I, say, I know but what did you do he's ah they uh, make me, me kick crazy and that. I was like, so he knows his cell, do you know what I mean? But he just couldn't help it. When I see the flip side, mate, see Alan McGregor. Uh-huh. Mate, remember the Hibbs one? Matt McNulty. Uh-huh. So, like, him, he's the opposite. He got sent off and I haven't interchanged him. I was like, mate, what happened? is he? Said, oh, embarrassing, mate, embarrassing. I've just kicked the ball up and my follow throughs grazed him in the back and I've been sent off. I was like, oh my God, man, that's embarrassing in that. Mate, so 10 back. minutes later, I see the replay on Sky. <laughs> he boots the ball, it just full blown, just, <laughs> just falls into the back. And I'm like, mate, what are you doing? He's like, what, what? So you know I mean? So a bit grieves mate. Guy, Alfredo's mental, but grieves mate. See if I had to pick, like, if I had to pick my top five in the world to go on a night with me, he'd be number one, mate. Honestly. Uh, what, what, why, why is that? It's just, mate, like, he's just, there's so many stuff I just love about it. Like, see, before foreign players, mate, he speaks the same accent, same language, so <laughs> see if you can't understand them, that's just it. But, <laughs> uh, my favourite Kriegsy story, man, I've got a few, but my favourite one, see, like, the second year, we're in Tenerife, right? This is that, this is that unbelievable, and I'm going to tell you, you're not going to believe me, but if you okay. know Greek, you'll know. Like, see, see when Greasy's drunk, mate? It's just, I, I think that, like, there's just bluebirds tweeting in the air, the sun's like a big jellyfish, like he just sees cartoons running about. Do you know what I mean? I just think he's got no perspective of what's been running about him in the world. So uh, we, we, we went out on a Saturday, again, the gaffer's not really letting you go out, but we've had a good scoop. But then on the Sunday, the gaffer says, Right, you can go to a beach club, during on the day, but you can come back at nine. But uh, see the thing with Greasy is, mate? He's the biggest lightweight in the world, but he'll last the full time. Right. He'll just beat his peak level at full time. So we did at this kill in a beach club, right? So, okay, Greasy, lightweight, and steaming. So, typical Greasy when he's out and he's drunk, he just falls asleep. So, he's fell asleep at the beach club in Kona, right? And I used to always try and make you people or whatever, right? So, I, I was like, hey, I'm getting in here. So, I just go, it was me, Scott Arfield, uh, Lee Wallace, and Jamie Murphy. So, I just got a picture of a guy with swimming shorts on and his boss hanging out with swimming shorts, right? So, I just, I just got the picture off of Google. So, Greasy wakes up and I was like, oh, no, Greasy, no. Is that what, what, what? Look, like Steven, I said, mate, look at this. Showed him the picture of the guy with hanging. I said, mate, that's from Sky Sports News. Are you with your boss at are going a Carolina beach club? So he's like, no way. No way. I said, you're paranoid. I said, mate, I swear, man. What are you doing? He's like, mate, I'm sleeping, man. I'm sleeping. I said, what would, would you know, fix them for? I said, oh, no, mate. I said, Gaffer's got to go mental. So when he was sleeping, I got his phone, right? And I've changed my number in his phone to Walter Smith. I've changed, uh, Lee, I think it was Walt, Lee Wallace or Jamie Murphy. I've changed their phone to Jim Stewart, role coach. Jeez, that, oh no, 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 no. Oh, so, typical stupid Greasy, right, because why would this even happen? I've texted something, from my phone, so he's received a phone, <laughs> uh, a text, I think it's Walt Smith he's acting me. Oh no, he just text me, Walt Smith just text me. <laughs> so I've texted him saying, I've i texted him saying like, Greasy, son. Just seen your boss on Sky Sports News, fuck's sake, man. Like, something like that, right? He's like, oh no, he's seen it, he's seen it on Sky Sports News. <laughs> so, this full time, he's generally hitting his boss on Sky Sports News. So, we get back to the hotel, right? And, uh, mate, it to, we kept it going for like two hours, three hours. Me and Waldo are greeting, man. I'm going away, phoning, like, he's still believing it. So, I'm like, to Waldo, right? Let's try and, like, rip the ass out of it now so he starts to believe it's no true, because we're going to tell him it's no true at some point so I text him as Walter Smith saying listen son I'm in Tenerife come morning will go to a training pitch tomorrow and I'll day we have volleys in you practically you're catching him mate <laughs> Walter Smith's about 70 he's never half <laughs> volleyed the boy to Greasy's hand so Greasy's like that Greasy's sitting at the bar steaming like no way, man. No way. I was like, what's up? He's like, what if I'm go down to the pitch to get half-ball? I'm like, no way. So, like, he's no told, is it? And then he texts Walter Smith back, like, nah, Gaffer, my back's fucked <laughs> and all that. But honestly. So we just, mate, we, we still, I was just honestly crying about it. So, I'm two goes doing, mate. I eventually tell him it's a joke. And it's oh, so relieved, mate, so relieved. Oh man, that's the best story I've ever heard on you. It is. It's no, it kills me as well. I used to have all the texts on my old phone, but I don't have them in this new phone. But ah, uh, any time we're out, we still tell this story to all the of people and that. But uh, eventually, it, we told me sure to leave Fozzer sleep relief. So we're carrying him back to his room, right? He still got all his gear on. We, we put him in his bed, right? And honestly, we put him in his bed, all his gear on, put the covers there him, plays. Towels, everything. And we've just cranked his aircon up to about thirty-eight degrees, right? He comes in for breakfast the next day, mate, he's like, my room was roasting last night. <laughs> 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 mate, honestly, it's just mate, he's the best guy ever, man. Some of the laughs you get on all my night sitting that are brilliant.
2: Mate, that is sensational, man. Oh
0: my man, he'd said laughing, Ah, it's tremendous, mate, honestly. Tremendous. It's my it's probably that's probably my one of my favourite ever stories, my will live with me forever. Best story ever, man.
2: Oh, I see him and Morelos, mate. They actually make me laugh, eh? How crazy yeah. that! Uh, right, mate, just last wee bit. Um, how close Check Rangers are to win the league, realistically, next
0: year. Can they do it? I, honestly, mate, I, I generally think they can. Um, I think for the first six months of the season, you could argue that it was a better team out than Rangers than Celtic. I just think that Celtic's experience counted into the second six months of the season where... When they weren't they playing well, mate, they were just grinding out results. Uh, there were so many times they scored last-minute winners, they weren't they playing well, grinding it out. We weren't they playing well, just dropping points. I hope, like, for a Rangers fan perspective now, for the outlook now, I just hope that Rangers, mate, they, they've got a big squad as it is now no but the core of the squad, they've got a good good squad, good players. I just hope that instead of, because every year, mate, since I've been at the club, they've signed like eight, nine players every year. It's a big influx of players. I just hope this year they would sign three, four, Real good quality players, and obviously, hopefully, I think that will make a difference to, to close the gap and go try and win the league. But uh, wait Celtic are a good team, mate. I've I'm never kidding anybody on and saying that Celtic are a good team. So it's going to be difficult, but I believe that Rangers have got the capabilities to do it.
2: And why why are you not there next year? What's the reason? You, is
0: it the club's decision? No, wait, well i had I've had numerous conversations with the gaffer through uh, throughout the season. Like I said, like he's always been nothing but honest with me. And uh, it got to about maybe November, December time when he would offer me a contract. But at the same time, he was basically telling me I'm fighting for this contract because a couple of people who don't want to get it. And I'm like, right, that's fine. Like, but I think he was always trying to he was always trying to work to, towards getting me the contract. But uh, if I'm being honest, I don't know how much Corona like affected it. Yeah. But at the same time. I've got no bitterness towards the club, mate. I, I was so lucky to uh, obviously play for Rangers and date and 152 times. So, uh, obviously, gutted that I never won anything uh, in terms of leagues or, or cups or that. But if I made my family, my friends proud, mate, that means a lot to me because it was obviously a dream for me to play it and I played 152 times. So, I was lucky.
2: And now, the fans love you, mate. See, when the news came through on Twitter, honestly, like most of everyone that i seen was were sad that you were leaving. How's, uh, is it bad that you're not going to really get to say goodbye to them?
0: Mate, it's funny, right? Because uh, you're saying that, but see, see fan, no Celtic fans, see every club, every club fans, mate, they all hate me for some reason. I've never been one to wind people up. It's just because I'm the local Rangers fan, That I mean? But see, if I was on the bench, I was warming up. I used to get dogs abuse, man. Honestly. What's the worst you've got? What's the worst you've got? <sighs> I wouldn't really say anything personal in terms of the worst. I've had a few ugly bastards, to be fair. I thought that's harsh. <laughs> don't they say ugly like, nobody, no you're not ugly, not ugly you know what I mean yeah. uh, I've had a few of them but no uh, I, mate, my relationship with the fans has obviously been good in that and like I said I think a lot have, a lot of that has come down to the opportunity that Gerard gave me to sort of win the sort of Rangers fans that didn't rate me over but uh, that's that's by far going to be the hardest things mate because I was at the club five years it's not just the fans it's like See, like the kitchen staff, mate. Like, honestly, two, like, two old women, it was like Martha and Jean, like the chefs and like, the player liaisons, Kitten with like, Disco, like, the Masseuse, and Stevie Walker, Physio, Jimmy Bell Kitman. Mate, I used to love all these people, man. I used to have unbelievable relationships with them every day. You've been at football clubs, mate, where like, see, like, yeah, the, old, people, see, yeah. the old woman, kitchen staff and that, mate, they're like your mum. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yes, so like,
0: like, mate. Unreal. So, see the fact that I've not had the chance to obviously thank all of them and say, say goodbye and that, like, that will hurt. And then the last, the last chance to play for Rangers as well. But uh, see, you, mate, it's just a case of just being supporter again and, and wishing the club all the best. And uh, I'll be one of our biggest supporters going into the season next year. And hopefully, I get the chance to, to to say goodbye to everyone that's been brilliant to me over the last five years. And what about next? I seen you mention the MLS,
2: but would you rather know stay, maybe get moved to England? Or?
0: I, that, that was that. That was a question actually. The journalist in the, uh, the interview asked me at really. I think there's been certain interest, but I don't know how like, what their windows look like Mate, It's so difficult. to know like pubs mm. don't know when they're back for pre-season. Cubs don't know their finances and that, so it's difficult. But it's going to be a slow process. For myself, I just need to try and stay as fit as possible. And listen, there's there's people in worse circumstances than me. Know. there's people who's in health and family members with health and whatnot. So uh, I just need to try and stay as fit as and positive as possible. And whatever happens, happens. Andy, what a man! Absolutely loved it. Yeah, me too, mate. Thanks for having on yes, my Come on. New Jersey can get a piece of the action at BetMGM Sports. Sign up today and get an instant 100% deposit match up to $100. There's never been a better time to discover BetMGM Sports. Download the BetMGM app or go to BetMGM.com and instantly
1: double your bankroll. Must be 21 years or older, must be in New Jersey. Restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com
0: for full list of terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ty and Trevor Monk here from Monk's Kitchen and Bath Design Studio. If your bathroom is in need of an update, Monk's can help. We offer one-stop shopping to make your bath remodel easy. Meet with a designer in one of our showrooms. She'll help you select and coordinate everything you need for your new bathroom. You'll save hours of time and feel confident in your choices. At Monks, design services are always complimentary. To schedule a free design consultation at our Morristown or New Fanwood showroom, visit monksdesignstudio.com.